Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I am Chris Witt, and with me, as always, is Mr. Adam Schmidt. Adam, how are you today? So happy to be back after a two or three week uh, break there. Yeah, long break. Long break. Uh, break. I apologize for that, but you don't you don't have to apologize. You're on vacation. Well, you were it, it was a business and fun vacation. It was right? a baseball tournament, if that's considered business. That's business. And uh, okay, business. so we had a real business plus uh, you know, a little vacation action at the same time. I've made a decision though. I like doing a little traveling. I like having the kids get out for one tournament a year. Maybe or maybe next year we don't do like a, a, a going to a beach or something. Maybe maybe next year we do a couple like just short weekends sure. in like Indy or Louisville or something like that. Mm-hmm. However, one thousand percent sure that they will not be the week before trials. Uh, That'll never happen. We will always come back and have one more week of baseball. At least, because things do get a little awkward. So let me ask you these these baseball tryouts. I've asked you a couple times, and you've explained it to me, and I'm not smart enough to comprehend. The, your season just ended, and you had tryouts right away. Is this for fall ball, or is this for next? This is for spring? next year's team. Now, <clears throat> this starts now, right? So next, so fall ball is included in that, right? So we'll start this new team at fall ball. Okay. So and that's that why you have to have. Yep. So we'll start that at fall ball. And not everybody plays fall ball. Not, not all of them do. Um, but we'll start it at fall ball. We will get from there. We will have probably October, November, December, a three-month break. And we will, in January, we'll start indoor practice. Okay. I got you. As much as I hate uh, sports, I, I think sports, these all year round sports are so ridiculous. I hate sports too. No, I love, yeah, on our sports podcast that we're currently <laughs> in the middle. Uh, as much as I hate that these sports are becoming year round, like when I have the opportunity to make our baseball team play year round, dude, I'm 100% in. But that's the love, right? That's the difference between each individual staff the difference is is when we are in the middle of a different season i make sure everybody knows this is it's it's basketball season everything that happens right now is optional it's basketball season enjoy basketball first do you have kids even though you have optional baseball stuff do you have kids that like baseball more so they'll skip basketball stuff to do the optional baseball i'm I'm, i'm not a fan of that so i i if they've got a basketball game or practice and it's basketball season then no i expect you are expected to be at basketball not at baseball okay i i have some kids 100 that would if i you know if i if i was if i didn't say no it's it's basketball season you got basketball go play basketball now if you don't tell me and you skip something i don't care <laughs> <laughs> sure. I, I mean i had a bunch of kids yesterday skip football to go to uh, to go to a baseball tryout Football practices are starting yeah it is what it is football practices are starting that's what i'm talking about but i'm sure they say the same things about baseball and what i do i'm sure it's the same way same for me mm-hmm. we have kids that play year-round soccer dude the soccer's a lot the, of stuff soccer's the worst though because soccer on these what do they call them prime clubs or premier club premier clubs on these things they uh like if you make those teams it is soccer season all year round you they expect you to be playing like if you have if it's baseball season 
you have a baseball game or a soccer tournament, you are expected to be at soccer, not at baseball. Yeah. And I think that's completely wrong. I agree. And I think where I coach, it's you're expected. I think everybody knows you're expected during basketball season. You're supposed to be at basketball and so on. During volleyball season, you're supposed to be Miss Basketball offseason mm-hmm. stuff for volleyball. Um, but we do have kids that play year-round soccer and that will miss parts of practices and things like that to go play whatever it is, club soccer. What you know. It's just insane to me. Like, soccer's intense, dude. These soccer people are crazy, Selling. crazy, crazy, crazy. And you're supposed to you're supposed to do the play multiple sports. It's the I best want thing you to play. You, you should, 100%. Sure. I encourage three-sport athletes. I, you should play a sport. You should go. Uh, what do they have? They've got winter, right? They've got the winter, which is basketball. They've got fall, which is uh, soccer slash football season. They've got spring, which is baseball slash lacrosse season. And then there's summer where it's supposed to be the kids summer, right? So I that you should play three sports. I feel like that's 100%. You should go out and play three sports. You should play as many sports as you want to. You know, I don't. <laughs> I'm you not t- to play no, 100%. My son won't play three sports this year. He, does, he doesn't want to play football or soccer. I'm not going to force him to play football or soccer if he doesn't want to. But he's going to be doing something. Dad's like, yes. 100%. Mom might have been – mom might have had a little – yeah. I mean, she loves soccer. She played soccer in high school, so she kind of likes – so there's that. But mine is a uh, – mine is a – like hers is more of a uh, – we get a little break. Sure. Get a little break. All of the girls time. love soccer, and the girls will be playing soccer. So Okay. We'll have to drag Parker to the soccer games because his poor sisters get drugged all around the city, east, west, north, south. It don't matter where for all of his stuff. The other thing – oh, okay. I was going to say for – I thought you were going to say for soccer. That no, for baseball, thing. dude. I'm a big – we sure. play baseball all over the place. Yeah. I feel like I feel like that's soccer, though. I feel like soccer's everywhere. I don't know yep. if in your experience. Oh, especially but. with – no. Uh, it seems like the the big – these big soccer complexes are all like Batavia, like mm-hmm. almost an hour away Mason. from us, 45 yeah. minutes. Yeah, 35, 45 minutes away no matter where you go. Mm-hmm. I feel bad for them. Yeah, play multiple sports. Also – don't miss basketball workouts, even in the offseason. <laughs> Look, see, no, that's kidding. the individual coaching is right. Like, hey, I'm not going to say nothing if you're going to miss basketball. Too. So my my the Parker's basketball coach, he's his kids are on my baseball team. So we'll have an indoor practice on a Sunday and we might have two basketball games on a Sunday. And I'm like, look, bro, I got to be there. So Parker's, you know, when this game's over, we're busting butt and we're going to baseball practice. And I've couple times I probably should have canceled practice because those kids were in no shape to be to be playing two basketball games and then an hour and a half of baseball afterwards yeah, that's tough but when I get into that cage in the wintertime when you get into that cage and, and it just feels different the off-season workouts are maybe my favorite part 100 of, of the I, of coaching. I, I couldn't agree more yeah it's more individualized mm-hmm it's, it's that's what that's where I think my strongest the strongest part of coaching for me personally I think I do better with individual instruction and that's the only time you get to do it during the season you have no time in basketball at least you have no time for individual instruction mm-hmm. it's all team practice I mean unless there's somebody staying afterwards or calling you right. up and wanting to come or come right. in early to work on something specific but 
you know, and I love that. And we had some girls. Do, as a matter of fact, some of the some of the girls that miss parts of practices or full practices for soccer would get there with a half hour left in in the practice, and then stay another half hour after to get some extra shooting and stuff like that. And I, I definitely always appreciate it. That. That's 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 kids that want to work, man. That's yeah. you can't beat that. Yeah, you can't beat that. Yeah, I'm also. I find myself. Uh, I I don't leave like if practice is from six to eight. You might as well forget. I'm not. There's no You're there chance. Six to 10. I'll be You're there, there five to ten. <laughs> minimum five thirty to nine. Minimum. <laughs> yeah. It's just how like I mean today I didn't get out of there till eight forty five, and it was, you know it was just tryouts, <laughs> and uh, that brings me to my next question. Uh, we're gonna turn this into a we got we got some baseball and we've got some all star game. We've got some stuff to talk about on the podcast that are uh, worldwide sports wide. Uh, topics however go ahead i'm sorry i just to no to interrupt you i i uh <laughs> before we get before we change directions oh we're not changing directions but that's okay okay, okay i'm sorry no I'm sorry. we're sticking with the coaching i'm sticking with okay, coaching because i want to hear how the trip went how your team did yeah, yeah how the rest of the vacation was i'll tell you what while we do that let's let's crack open the newest uh the newest reese's i mean we've been gone way too long without opening up our newest Reese's. We've done the outrageous. We've done, have we done the nut? We haven't done the nut. We haven't done the nut. As a matter We've of fact, done... I made the full list today. Oh, you did. Nice. We did the snack cake. We did the outrageous. We did the sticks. We did the big cup with potato chips. We did the fast break. We did the classic peanut butter cup. We did the big cup with pretzel. We did the peanut butter lovers cup. Oh, the peanut butter lovers cup. That was not as good as I thought it was going to be. I still liked it. I think I kind of agree with you. It was good, but not what I thought. I was really expecting big things from the extra peanut butter. Don't try to look through the Kroger bag. I'm not. Eyes are closed. Eyes are closed. Eyes are closed. Just kidding. Uh, This week, Chris, Reese's has uh, teamed up (gasps) with Jason Williams. What? The white chocolate. White chocolate, baby. (laughs) Let's go. Oh, man. I just sounded like all my little kids. (laughs) You can tell I've been around a bunch of little kids. Let's go. I, I think I really, really, really hate that, but, but I, <laughs> but you know, I kind of get it too at the same time. Like it's just like when your adrenaline's going or whatever, it's you just, just something. The, yeah, it's just the pump up noise, yeah. man. Man, I totally boy. That. Initially, the first thing to see a bright white thing when you open a Reese's package is so strange. Can I, especially against the black, you know, the, the cellophane, yeah. it's not cellophane, but whatever this paper is. Yeah. 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 Paper wax paper. Yeah. So I got to say, um, these are, I, I, I personally buy these a lot. Okay, good. I wasn't sure. I know you're not a huge fan of peanut butter, but you like Reese's peanut butter. Totally but, yeah. Yeah. But I wasn't sure about some people hate white chocolate. I don't understand that. It tastes exactly the same to me. Oh, it doesn't taste the same to me, but I don't, but it's, delicious still mm. i mean whatever i gave a regular reese's the classic 0.1 below that's it oh you had to have given a you give that a 10 it was probably like a nine eight or something mm-hmm. because i gave the outrageous bar a 10 and there's nothing that gets better the outrageous bar is the greatest invention reese's ever had the outrageous bar yeah with your the, favorite with the Reese's pieces inside of the candy bar. My all time. That is oh, one. did that have Reese's pieces in it? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the outrageous. Mm, okay, yeah, the nutrageous has the nuts in it, right? Outrageous has peanuts anyway. So that's mine. I'm going with a 9.7. 9.7. 
and why we talk about why you think about it. And we make <clears throat> awkward eating noises. Get the white chocolate classic cup Reese's because it's phenomenal. So the tournament was good. We uh, I made I made a coaching error that ruined the entire uh, baseball side of the trip. I made a coaching error. Sparky Anderson made coaching errors, buddy. Red Auerbach, John Wooden, hundred percent. Greg Popovich, Phil Jackson. But this ruined the the last four games we played. <laughs> uh, so okay. What was it? Uh, let me guess. You pitched somebody that you were going to need later in games that you weren't. There's no to. pitch count. There's okay. no pitch count. I can pitch kids as long as I want. I never would do that personally. I have my own limits that are the same as what the National Federation high school style, whatever all that stuff is. Oh, right? you new coaches in your pitch count. I'll tell you what. Nolan Ryan threw 297 yep. pitch. I'm just kidding. You're right. And people work out and get stronger and do things differently, which is why you have more injuries. You go to nine-year-olds, <laughs> very good for and, – And they're nine years old, and I know way too many kids that couldn't throw a ball in high school because they pitched every day. So, you go. by the way, um, I wrote nine-six. I'm going to match your nine-seven. I mean, these Bumming are – it up. There can't be much better than – it doesn't get much better than – No. It's, it's almost a ten. Mm-hmm. I'll never give anything a ten, but – Nine sevens for both of us on that. So we're in we're in Maryland, and you have three pool games. We're in Ocean City, Maryland. You have three pool games. Every and then you have a you're guaranteed two bracket games, right? So pool games: nine ball, eight ball. And, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So games to find out where you're going to be seated in the tournament. Well, one there were seven teams in the tournament. One team got randomly selected to have a fourth game. It will be an exhibition game for you, but it'll count for the other team. Oh, it's kind of weird, right? Okay. At because first, an odd number of teams, I that, guess. So, yeah. So at first, I was kind of, I was like, no, I don't. That's not fair to everybody else because if I go and throw a bunch of kids that don't usually throw for me, and you know, because I got to throw extra innings now, I have to throw more kids than I normally do. That's not. I mean, I'm running out of arms. You're killing me. Plus. I'm basically giving up a game and another team is going to get a win without having to really try. So I was a little irritated and then some people were like, and then, but at the same time, the reason we chose to go to ocean city is because you're guaranteed five games, guaranteed five games, three pool games and two bracket games guaranteed. Uh, most you could play is seven. So I looked at all the teams we were playing. I uh, pulled up there. I don't know if you guys ever, uh, if you use Game Changer or heard of Game Changer for anything, but you can pull up all these things and see who they played. And one of them played another team three times that's in the same tournament. And they beat them two out of three times. I was like, well, that team looks like I know they're at least decent enough to win some games. I'll make that my exhibition game. We'll go out there, throw some kids that never really threw before. Remember that maybe have one kid never threw at all. One kid only threw a couple innings. Um, you know, just kind of let's get some a chance for some kids to go out there. So uh, it was the third of four games. We played two games on Wednesday, and then we played two games on Thursday. So the first game on Thursday is the one I chose for the exhibition. We go out there. The first pitcher gets beat up pretty – doesn't – I don't know. I think he might have got one out. Maybe he did. Threw to about six or seven kids, and it was a struggle. And he came off crying and – 
upset. Threw one of my normal pitchers in there, gets out of the inning. Second inning, I throw another kid that hasn't pitched much. He actually he gets an out and actually throws some strikes, and it was surprising how well he did. He also gave up quite a few runs and walked some guys too. Went to pull him out after after an out, and he was visibly upset and throwing things, and and it becomes bad. Throw a kid in there, gets out of it. Uh, I throw one more kid, and that's a halfway decent inning. We get beaten three innings. This totally dismantled my team because I had to play another game that meant something after that. And I let them all know this game means nothing. It's okay. Well, this is an opportunity for you to get to pitch in a World Series, right? Because it was called the Youth World Series. Like, you get to pitch in a World Series, dude. It doesn't matter if you do good or bad. It doesn't matter. Oh, I totally uh, underestimated the mindset of a nine-year-old. So we proceeded to lose the next game to a team we should have beat. And we still got into the upper bracket. There's only four teams in the upper bracket. Uh, We lost the first game to a very good team that ended up winning it all. And the second game, we played a game that, you know, it was was the third-place game to see who comes in third place. And – we got down a bunch early. We came back and tied it and lost on a lost a, in the last inning. And it, uh, we definitely uh, struggled because of my coaching decision to use the third game as the exhibition. For now on, if I ever get that situation again, 100% last pool play game is my exhibition game. I don't care about it. Let's just get it over with. Kids probably don't want to. They're done by then anyway. Let's get out of here. Go do something. But you still have the two. Still got two bracket games no matter what. And I, I was going – I'm not throwing a bunch of my good pitchers a bunch of innings in that game to try to win it. That doesn't matter. No. No. I think it's unfair that they made us do that. They should have found a way to make it happen. <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's interesting. I, I, it, it's hard, yeah. Nine years old, failure is – tragic it's it's it, not it really a, is it's it's the <laughs> hardest thing to coach out of these kids a hundred percent that is the hardest thing to coach out of these kids yeah man that stuff <clears throat> yeah you're you, if you you're forced to throw kids that aren't you don't normally throw because you know they're i gotta eat up innings somewhere right yeah man that's yeah that's tough that's tough I would like to know for sure if that's the reason, if it's just an odd number of teams, if that's why. The way they made it sound like it was because they had seven teams, one team was going to have to play an extra game in order for everybody to play three pool games and not play each other. Okay. Which does not make sense to me. Yeah. I I feel like I could work that out. I feel like I could figure out a way to work that out, but apparently it's not doable. So anyway, yeah, other than that, you know, outside of the fact that tryouts were the next week and that's always an awkward time for me, because I, I love all these kids and I want to put the best team out there, but I also want to develop the kids that I have, right? Like you pick these kids for a reason. You want to develop them. So, you know, you've got a core and you want to, you, you, you want to build the team, but you also don't want to lose some of that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've got kids at the bottom that you're like, I, like, I feel like they're close and I'm, I'm getting to them and they're getting better. I see them getting better, but they're just not there. And then something comes to tryouts and you're like, whoa, bro, if I could pick this up, man, that's a, like, that's a horse right there, man. He, he could become one of my top three players mm-hmm. and replace that on the bottom side. And it's very difficult. It's going to be a very difficult. So that was my question for you. This is the most difficult week 
of my year because you tryouts and making cuts and calling people that I like families that are awesome to even families that weren't on my team, just kids. I know that's a difficult call for me. Let me ask you this, because when I walked in your house today to, to come here to do this, you were making a call to let a kid know that he made the team. Absolutely. Yeah. That was a joyous call for you. It was so great, a joyous man. call for them. I heard the kid. Yeah. Or whatever he did, you know, Yep. very cool. Probably, probably one of your favorite parts. It is about it. Oh, I love that part. The problem is it's overshadowed because I have to do that first to make sure these kids take the offer for the team before I start calling the kids to get okay. cut. That's what was going to be my next question is, can you do all the hardest part first so that you get to finish on the No, foot? because a lot sense. of these teams are trying – a lot of these kids are – it's not like high school where it's like, all right, I go to Oak Hills. I'm trying out for the basketball team. That's the team that I'm trying out for. If you're there, it's because you want to play for them. These kids are trying out for multiple teams. So, like, really good ones will go to three, four tryouts. If they don't like the team they're on – if they like the team they're on, they probably already got offered from that team. But if they're thinking about making a move – then they might go to three or four different tryouts and try to find somewhere else that they might fit in. Right. So you got to deal with that. I had a kid, I had a kid who's his dad straight up told me, he's like, listen, he's already got an offer from somebody else, but he'd like to play for you guys. Um, I've seen you coach before. We enjoy, I, I enjoy, you know, I think, I think you'd fit in blah, blah, blah. And the kid was good, but two things. That means I have to get rid of somebody that I've been working really hard with and who's, Maybe just a hair worse than him. Not really, but I mean, still good. But maybe that kid becomes in the middle of my pack still. Okay. I would rather keep somebody. If they're, you're pretty close to even, I'm going to keep what I've already had. Okay. Right? Am I wrong about that? How do you feel no. about that? Yeah, I, I'm sure it depends on the kid. And there Families are a lot of and attitudes yeah. and a lot of stuff going to that. Yeah, so anyway, he got an offer and I, I called him right away today because he needed to tell the other team if he was going to take the offer or not. So I immediately told him, hey. I want to let you know, Trous just got over. I'm, I'm not going to go with him. Uh, it, it, it's, it, I'm happy he's got somewhere else to go because he's a good kid and he's a, he's a good player. Mm -hmm. So they suck. And that was an easy one because I knew he already had a team, but there's a couple of them that it's going to be hmm. as tough as it gets, buddy. That is tough. <clears throat> um, yeah, th that's one of my least favorite parts too is, is having to now – so say yeah. how many times, how many cuts did you guys make for the freshman team this, this past year? It was, it was really kind of zero. It was really kind of zero. A couple things worked out for me, uh, and I got really lucky because there was there was a girl that was definitely good enough to make the team, and she did make the team, and she quit. You know, practices started, and she couldn't get there on time. She she couldn't let me know when she wasn't going to get there on time. She had trouble, you know, she, she wasn't going to be able to make, you know, Saturdays or something because she I couldn't, you know, her parents didn't want to give her a ride. She, she didn't have any support to get there That's and that kind of stuff. That's tough. So um, she was having trouble right away. And I was, I, I was like, hey, and I could tell she wasn't all the way invested. Mm -hmm. It seemed, she seemed like a kid that, <clears throat> that was sometimes it was important to her but for the most part she was kind of like eh i am kind of living life by the seat of my pants so it's just uh it, whatever happens happens so i'm not going to work my butt off to make sure i'm doing all the right stuff all the time so i talked to her before before as a matter of fact our picture day 
early in the year before we played any games or anything. Picture day, a couple weeks into practice. That day, took our picture. The day before, I think she missed practice or something, had no idea where she was. It was like the third or fourth time it happened. Got our pictures taken. Everybody gets, gets their hair and makeup all nice and pretty. Oh, That's, yeah. I mean, I do. I, they do whatever they want. But um, <laughs> but then so so we, we get our hair and makeup done and then get the things done. And then we go have practice right after that. So bring your clothes. You got to you gotta bring extra clothes. Don't wear your uniform. Specifically, yep. don't wear your uniform to practice. Wear your uniform for pictures. Get it, you know, get a change of clothes and, and to practice. She didn't didn't bring extra clothes. She's going to wear, as a matter of fact, she wore right after we gave out the uniforms, she wore the shorts like the next three days or something like that. And I'm like, we specifically said, don't wear those uniforms. Mm-hmm. Set. So anyway, after, pra- after pictures, we go in right before practice starts. I pull her aside. I'm like, you don't seem like you're really into this. Are you, are you, are you into it? Are you locked in? Are you invested? Can you get here on time? Can you get here for practices? Are you going to be able to make it every day? Are you going to have rides? I think she was coming from kind of far away too. I don't know the whole situation, but um, so, and I could, I, I found out some stuff about, you know, the family part was pretty tough on her. Very unfortunate, but she wasn't going to be able to do the things she needed to do to be part of the high school basketball team. I said, right. What do you think? Are you going to be able to make this work? Uh, I don't. No, I don't think I'm gonna. I don't think I'm gonna be able to do it. So she took off. That was the last time we saw her. And uh, wow. So we got. So to, she's on team picture. She's on the team picture, and she quit. Eh, Fifteen minutes after it was taken. <laughs> uh, uh, poor girl. Another girl probably wasn't good enough to make the team, but we had Justin. I mean, we had thirteen or something like that. So. I guess sort of in order to do myself a favor, like, okay, I, I didn't want to keep that many, but we were going to have to share a lot of kids with JV and Larson. Yep. So, okay. I guess it makes sense to keep all those kids for goodness sake. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> so you don't have to cut anybody. A couple girls probably should have been cut. The one girl hurt her foot right before the season started or whatever. And she was not. And so <laughs> she was like, what do you think about being a manager instead? Yes. <laughs> Adam's the Adam. If anybody knows about being the team manager, it's Adam. I talked to her about it. I was like, I was a team. I was a manager in high school and it's really great. And, uh, you're part of the team still team still. And she, that was you're in the team picture. She was all about that. She has, she had a uniform on for the team picture. Oh, and that's then we right. decided, and then we yeah. decided uh, after that, but anyway, because um, we were getting a lot of, she was supposedly going to the doctor and physical therapy, but we weren't getting any proof of that or any information about that. Or it was always kind of like, oh, well, I'm close, but I got to take another couple of weeks. Yeah. It was kind of a thing there that we weren't sure about. So anyway, those two dropped off. I had still had uh, 11 or something like that. Uh, so yes, I in my first year as a head coach, I did not have to cut. I was part of cuts as an assistant before that, but yeah, as a head coach. But you could just sit back and just let the head coach do all the cuts at that point in time. Yeah. I, I was in there. I was in there with them. You guys are face to face with the kid. That is, I don't, that's something that would be very difficult for me. Yeah. When I cut somebody, I call the parent. Yeah. When someone makes the team, I ask for the kid. 
That's nice. Yeah. So the parent answers, and I go, yes, is uh, Jonathan Jehoshaphat available, please? And they're like, oh, you, you want me to go get him? <laughs> and then they go get him. And like, hey, man, this is Coach Chris. Just uh, wanted to let you know, man, that if you want to play for me, man, I'd like to offer you a spot on my team. Don't have to answer right now, but if you, you know, vote in there, yeah, okay. Normally, that's how it goes. Have you ever had a kid say, let me think about it. Let me let me sleep on it. Um, no. Okay. I didn't think so. I, <laughs> although there are kids, I mean, like that kid that tried out for me. I mean, he had to tell that other coach, hey, man, I went off for a couple different teams. Like, I'll let you know. Okay. So that's tough. And there are some coaches that will straight up say, you know, hey, you know, you, I'm going to offer your spot on the team. Do you want to play? And if they say, well, we've got a couple other tryouts we're going to, I know the I know coaches. I'll go. All right. Well, I'm just going to let you know we're going to rescind our offer. Good luck with the rest of your tryouts. Oh, and take it away. Like I'm not your backup plan. Sure. So and and I get that. You know, I get it. I'm not. I can't be that cutthroat, dude. I'm too. Yeah. I. I yeah. That, I don't uh, think. I you know what? Either. Somebody has said that to me. Last year, I had a kid tell me. Last year, I offered a kid a spot, and. uh I didn't talk to the kid. So if it's somebody new, that's not part of my old team. I don't, then I'll call the parent and let them know and uh, let the parent know. And they said, well, we have another tryout that we're going to tomorrow. Can we let you know? And uh, of course, well, they didn't tell anybody for another couple of days after their tryout, what was going on. So I'm in La La land over here. And I got another kid who was on my team that I called that dad. And I was like, look, man, I'm just gonna let you know. This is what it is. I got an offer out there. If he accepts it, he's not going to make the team. If they don't accept it, then he's on the team. And the kid called me back. The mom texted me and said, I, I think I texted her and I said, hey, just, you know, checking in, see if you'd heard anything. He said, yes, made the team and he's made the decision to go with the West Stars. Okay. So I immediately wrote back, congratulations. I'm happy for him. I think you made the wrong decision, but, Did you? <laughs> and I put LOL, seriously, congratulations. Good luck. And she laughed and said, okay, we proceeded to beat that team 18 and nothing when we played them. Yeah. What, that's a little, but they're a good team. We just got them on a bad day. Sure. Uh, I mean, 18 and nothing though. <laughs> they are a good team, but he, they are that's a uh, real bad. This day. dude is, so this kid, I thought he was coming to this trial today too. Got a text from her mom. She's like, Hey, you know, um, I just want to register for Wednesday and I gave her the link to do it, told her I'll do everything. And I had the messages like when it kept popped up, I didn't have a number saved, but I had other messages because I don't ever delete my texts. Mm, so I either. scroll up and I was like, oh, this is my dude right here. All right, let's see if this thing comes back. Let's see what happens. You know what I mean? Never showed up to tryouts today. Mm. He already accepted a, team, a spot on a, another team, not even that team. Oh, wow. Never even came to ours, just took the spot from the other team and that was the end of it. Wow. All right. Yep. So I have had that happen to me. So this week, when you have to make cuts, is your least favorite week. Least favorite. Tomorrow will be my least favorite day of the year. That's when you really have. So have you had to make any cuts? I've only called one person. It was the guy who needed an answer to tell the other team. Okay. That's the only person I've called to talk to. I've not talked to any of the other. Probably there's probably 12 to 15 phone calls I'll have to make. 12 to 15 cuts or, oh, that's a lot of kids. There was 23 kids that tried out. Uh, 
plus three more kids. Oh, maybe it's not that. Yeah, yeah, probably pretty close to that. Plus three of my kids that weren't able to be at tryouts. Um, so that's what is that? Twenty six minus twelve is fourteen kids. Let me ask you this: What uh, have you had parents when you call and you said when you cut, you talk to the parent? Have you had parents try to argue for it? Try yeah. to argue, argue their kid. Yeah, in? I, my favorite one. My favorite one. This is this happened to me. So eight years old. Okay. So this is two baseball seasons ago. And uh, it, these people may even watch the pod. They probably listen to the podcast, but they know who they are. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Appreciate it. Uh, never throw any names out or anything either. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I call my man. Right. And I'm like, Hey man, I just let you know. I, I mean, at this point in time, I didn't, I wasn't even involved with the tryout at eight because Parker had to make the team before they would offer me the spot to be the coach. Right. I'd already done coaches interviews, but Parker has to make the team before they'll select that first coach for the first year. Look out for that net. It'll get right in your eye. <laughs> so, uh, so first tryouts over and they walk, they had two tryouts for that AU team. They walk over to me and they just take the papers and they go, it's your job. He's one of the top ones. This is easy. Here you go. And they slap it down on me. So I was like, all right. And I, so I got these sheets. Right. And then the next day they're like, just stand back there and, you know, kind of keep an eye on what's out there well this kid wasn't at the second day he was only at the first day so i never saw the kid do anything i just got these papers that other people had written on so i go through these things and i'm making phone calls because when i do when i cut somebody i want to tell their parents you know hey listen uh he did really good in this he did good at this he needs to work on this i'd love to see you back mm-hmm. so said whatever all that was dad says man i really appreciate it thank you and uh, yeah, appreciate it. And yeah, we'll definitely, definitely give it a try next year. Hang up the phone. 15 minutes later, my phone rings and I'm like, hmm, answer it. It's that guy. Hey man, uh, you know, real tired because of football earlier, and this, that, and the other. And I think he's better than a lot of the kids that you're going to end up keeping. I think he really deserves a second chance. Try it. I remember this already already happened, bro. I mean, like I've already called the kids that made the team. I just, it's not going to happen. Called me again, 20 minutes after that. I really think that we need to do a a special tryout so you can really see him again. What is going on in my life right now? This dude. So tell me what you think when that happens. Right. Cause in my mind, I'm like, dad was like, well, sorry, bud. You know, it is. And, Somebody else came back and said, Oh no, you're gonna call that man and tell him get my baby boy on that team. That's how I took it. Okay. You know, that's how I took it. Tell me I'm wrong. Do you well, do you know that family enough to say that's like is there a reason that you <laughs> okay? Thank you for watching know. again. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, anyway, so the point is is yes, I've had that happen, and it the exact same thing, exact same kid happened the next year, too. Year number two. Can I ask you, and you don't have to answer this, but have you seen, did you see the kid? Did the kid play for another team that you saw him play? West Stars. Okay. Uh, did you get to see enough of him where you're like, you know what? There might be a kid or two on my team that he could, he could compete with, or he's maybe a little better than or something at that, at like a different point in the season later at the end of the season, something like that. Or were you like, nah, I'm pretty comfortable with those. I was pretty comfortable with my decision. Okay. Uh, I, I'll just say I was comfortable with my decision. Like, not a bad kid. I, I'm not saying that in any way. Just I feel I no. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yes, I had to have a had to have that. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a whole man. That's funny. That's tough. I mean, it's, it's a lot of pressure. It is that. a lot of pressure on nine year olds, man. There's a lot of pressure put on these nine year olds. I asked a kid to be on the team today and he played for a different team and he came to our tryout and the team he was playing for was in Lakota and he's in this district over here. And it's tr- super, a lot of traveling, but he's known those families for years. And he's like, the kid was in, t- I offered him a spot right away. He's a stud kids, great ball player. And I was like, you don't even have to come tomorrow. Just take your time. Think about it. What you want to do. And, you know, the, he had he had a really struggle and he had to make a grown up decision at the age of nine or 10 years old. Right. Like he had to make a decision to leave a family and go to a new family. That's mm-hmm. the way I call it. Right. It's like the sure. baseball family. You guys have your basketball family. Whatever you call it. That's a big time decision that dude's got to make. And I felt really bad for the kid. Like they call and they're like, listen, he's we, he wants to do it. It's a very difficult decision for him. He's going to play for you. We appreciate blah, 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 blah. And my first reaction is, how is he? Is he okay? Like, how's my man doing? Like, I, this is a difficult, like, that's difficult, man. That'd be tough. That'd be tough for me. Yeah. I mean, and there's, yeah, there's, there's pressure on the kids, on the parents, on the coaches. There's a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah. And it's with tryouts alone. And then once you get into the season, sure, the, the pressure of making the team is off or dealing with being cut from a team is off at that point. But now you have every day, you have, your, you have the pressure of trying <laughs> to perform and trying to get in, into the lineup. And, and that's what we tell. I mean, we put a little, you want a little pressure on them sure. while they're playing. I know they're nine and 10 years old and all you people out there with, you know, pushing kids too hard. I'm as, dude, I'm as easy going to homie as you could be. Like these kids have a blast when they play ball for me. Yeah. I hope they do, and I think they do. Mm-hmm. I've been told they do. I've never had a kid want to leave my team ever. No kid has ever just left that and want to play for somebody that different. Speaks volumes. So I'm not that crazy, yelling, screaming maniac, right? They're nine and ten years old. We gotta, we develop, we figure it out, have fun. Uh, but uh, no, it's a they're they're so they're still kids, man, and you can't. I don't I don't know how I don't know where that balance point is mm-hmm. but trying to find that balance point is very difficult sure yeah i started talking i was going to talk about something different when i started that but i fell off into a wormhole no that's okay that's all right look uh, there's uh, <laughs> you mentioned it when we were talking the other day we could we could make turn this into a coaching podcast 100 there's and there's a re- another reason why we want to talk about this well first off what is your least favorite day or two or week of the year are we talking basketball? Just wise, in general, anything. Just, this yeah. is my least favorite in all realms of the world. This is my least favorite thing. You know what? Uh, I would say probably sometime in July or August uh, because I hate the heat. Um, just any random like hot the, days. I don't like the summer. <laughs> I'm not a summer guy. Everybody's a summer guy. I'm not a summer guy. Adam wants it to be cold outside, be in the gym. I don't want it to be cold. I, I like spring and fall. Yep. And, uh, and, you know, and then winter is basketball season. So, um, that's where, you know, I don't know, man, at the summer, I just, the, 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 the sun bakes me, it it broils me, it it burns me. And, um, and and it's when it's hot and humid, I'm just miserable. I'm like, I don't want to go outside in that. Are you kidding me? The bugs are real bad and I, I get eaten up all the time. I just, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Um, but you know, it's there's still plenty of great things. Absolutely. I, sure. It's not the end of the world, but yeah, there you go. Know, maybe it's summertime. 
So here's my next uh, coaching question. So I'm, I like, I coach baseball. I love baseball. It's only little kids and you coach, uh, you coach. What are they? Kids. They're teenagers. Uh, you coach teenagers in, uh, basketball, but you also coach grown adults, grown men that have graduated from college that are D one athletes. And you are a head coach in what is it? The Smith league. It's the Smith league. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you've got, Xavier graduates on your team, former former star players on the team in there. There, you're playing against current uh, D1 players. You're you're coaching in a very very competitive, uh, maybe not a competitive. Yeah, uh, I was, I don't know how the actual league is, how the play is, but with very very high talent players in the league. Yeah, it they're and they're so talented, and it's a summer league. With no real, uh, you know, n- nothing really on the line. So it it is a style of basketball that I'm not a fan of. Mm-hmm. But it's the style of basketball that you're going to see in most leagues like that. And it's a lot of one on one. I'm going real hard to the basket, and I'm doing uh, I'm I'm going hard. I'm doing a slow down, big euro step, or a big jump through, swing through sort yep. of deal. Uh, I'm doing a, a super fancy layup to try to get the ball, you know, and then if you miss it, you're going to complain about getting fouled. If you get the foul called on you, you're going to be like, how could you ever call a foul on me? There's no chance I could ever touch a person. And, it, you know, it's just not a, it's not a super great. And, and so that's the thing. And you're right. I was asked to do this and I was, uh, Listen, I, you're a really good basketball coach, right? And people know that you have a very good basketball mind. So they asked you to do this. I don't know if that was the case because this guy that my friend that plays on the team who kind of organized this team um, knows everybody in this area basketball-wise, and, and he knows so many people that would be way more qualified than I am to coach people at this level. Uh-huh. But for whatever reason, he texts me one day and he's like, hey, I'm going to put your name down to, for our coach for this, for this league. <laughs> and I thought he meant, I know I've told you this before, I thought he meant uh, just using my name, just to put a name down just for so our coach. Had, or yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, you know, a billion people, I don't know why you're using my name, but totally fine. I don't care. And then a few weeks before the season starts, he's like, hey, this is, here's the schedule. Uh, you know, we play on Saturdays. It's always Saturday or Sunday. And I'm like, oh, you you want me to show up really (laughs) i I need to be there he's like yeah everybody's supposed to have coach on the bench um okay are you sure because i I coach freshman high school girls and you want me to come out and coach a bunch of d1 college athletes i'm sure why not yeah and and uh so i'm like okay super nervous i'm you know i have no self steam or anything like that so i so i i'm like i'm 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 already way out of my out of my league here these guys are not gonna are gonna look at just look at me before they even know me and and say you know who's this goofball who's never done anything who's this little mick cronin i'm I'm never this little uh, little travis not i don't mean it like (laughs) that's the way you coach i mean it like small who's this little travis Steele, tiny little human being that never played right so so i'm like you know already in my head about that but, you know, and I talked to my friend, I kind of told him that a little bit. He's like, he's like, nah, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll make sure, yeah, I'll make sure we kind of, you know, I, I keep an eye on people. And so, and, and let me just say, everybody's been great. Even the, the few times I've spoken up about anything, 
I've gotten head nods. I've gotten agreements. I, at least people have acknowledged that I'm speaking for the most, most of the time. Yeah. And nobody's really said I've, I've gotten yelled at like maybe twice, but most, mostly people have been, you know, just, if I say something like, I think we need to do this or this head nods or yeah. okay, or yeah, they or see I, it too. I, I they may so. or may not do it, but they, 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 they recognize the, the basketball IQ. How's that? And, and I'm, I'm making it a point to not try to overcoach because that's really where I'm out of my element. I'm not a, a great X's and O's guy. I'm really not, but, and that's not being, I'm not trying to be self-deprecating. I'm really, that's, I have my strengths and weaknesses as a coach, X's and O's, making adjustments on the fly. That's not one of my strengths. I have other things that I think I do okay, but that's not one of them, especially in a higher level where these guys played under Mick Cronin, played under mm-hmm. Travis Steele, played under Chris Mack. Um, I, I, you know, I'm not going to give them the same coaching or have the same basketball IQ or the same basketball mind that some of these other guys have had. So, but is basic simple stuff that i think is all you really need for a league like that because roll the ball out and go play these guys have all played at a high level they know what works they have had really high level coaching so they they've all they've heard all the fundamental stuff mm-hmm. they've heard all the you know the detail stuff the the you know you need to contest every shot you need to close out well you need to do you know the 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 stuff like that sure move the ball well, move yourself and move the ball. It's just simple stuff like that. Not drawing up plays or anything. Mm -hmm. Although I should have called a timeout and drawn up a play at the end of the last game that we ended up losing at the end. But, and I had one even in my mind. I'm like, I should call a timeout and run this play that we run on my team. And I think it might work. Didn't call it because I was too, I was too afraid to to take control. Too afraid to take control. Do you think, did you think they would, like, uh, what are you doing, dude? This is us, man. We're going to run that. We, we, we got this. Or, or, cause there's a lot of coaches that'll let teams like, all right, you're down by one, 20 seconds left, go get them boys and not caught. For instance, we talked about this on the podcast with, with coach cow, how I don't understand in that tournament. I get, you want the kids to make decisions and try to figure things out on the fly. But when there is 30 seconds in a game and you're down by one or two, and you need a basket. How are you not calling it one of your two timeouts you have available? Yeah, especially when four of your five guys on the floor are always freshmen. On yeah. The team. But anyway, um, yeah. And as a matter of fact, one of the guys that was supposed to be on our team who showed up for the first time last week uh, played in the G League and I think had a cup of coffee with somebody in the NBA this, yeah. pa- this past year. Oh, wow. And won a national championship two years ago with Baylor. So he was on our team. He went, he had, he went nuts and had, uh, you know, I don't, he, he might have had 25, 26 or something like that. And that was his first, it was his first week with us. But so, end of the, so end of the game, we're down four. We have a side out of bounds in front of our bench. That was when I thought, we, and we were winning by 10 or 12 the whole game until the fourth mm. quarter. They came back. So anyway, then we're down four. There's 30 seconds or 20 seconds left or something like that. We need a basket. And I, I, I could run this play that we have that's mostly for the end of games if we need a three and a side out of bounds play. And that guy just sort of posted up right in front of the ball. They got it to him. 
everybody knows he needs to take a three, so they play way out. Mm-hmm. He had to take a really tough, like, fadeaway three from right in front of me, 25 feet from the basket. Anyway, we ended up losing that game, and I'm like, God, man, I got to speak up. I got to just don't worry about making anybody Egos you know, and all that stuff. Don't, yeah, don't worry about looking like a fool if they look at me like – If they look on, at you and say, so. no, we ain't doing that and say something to you, then you go, all right, go ahead. And then that probably happens, and they lose, and then you are the be- – you look better. Sometimes you got to prove yourself. Yeah. So, uh, and then there's a there's a guy on the team that that played um, that played Division One and apparently was pretty good. I wasn't aware of him in, in college, but um, apparently he was pretty decent. And he plays a lot, and he expects to play a lot on this team. And he will not play hard. <laughs> he is he's he's gonna stand. He's gonna walk down the floor stand on the wing at the three-point line. If the ball gets kicked out to him, he's going to shoot it. Um, I even – I that was one time that I spoke up at the end of the game, toward, toward the end of the game, where for the 50th time in a row, he did that. And we have something started on the other side. They threw it to get that get that eyebrow. So Dude, we, it, threw, we threw I it. I just felt it out of nowhere. Look at the size of that. That is a monster. Anyway. Man, that's nice. We uh we threw it down in the post and we throw it in the post. Everybody stands there in their one spot on the perimeter and just mm-hmm. waits for him to. He's either going to kick it out or he's going to put up a shot. And he's not going to kick it out. So, uh, so he's going to take a really tough shot over a bigger guy, or he's going to have to make a move. He's going to get fouled. He's not going to. He's not going to get the call. Instead, throw it down there, especially like on the opposite side. Interchange. Screen down, mm-hmm. screen away, cut to the middle, something. Yeah. So that happened. He's standing right in front of me, right in front of our bench. Ball gets knocked out of bounds or something. It's still our ball. I stand up and walk a couple feet out on the court. I said, man, when we throw it down on the opposite side, when we throw it down there, do some screen down or interchange or something. We got to get some movement. We're all standing in one spot. And he's the worst one about that. Everybody does it, but he is the worst about it. Sure. And he's been doing it all year. When I say all year, we have five games. That was, <laughs> that was five games. That was our fifth game. There's the all-star break this this weekend, and then we have the playoffs. Starting Were you asked to coach in the all-star break? Of course not. Um, so I, I don't even know how they're doing it, how they're deciding. I don't think we're going to have anybody on our team that's in the all-star game, uh, which is fine. But so anyway, so – I've spoken up a few times and as a matter of fact, at halftime of that game was one of the few times I've said anything to him because he kind of doesn't acknowledge my existence mm-hmm. very much. Everybody else is pretty cool, but, um, but he, I, he'll, he'll catch the ball in the three point line and turn. And he's a big, strong guy. He'll turn and back somebody down from the three point line all the way to the basket. He turns it. He turns it over a lot of the time, or he'll take a really tough shot and complain about and miss it and complain about not getting a foul call. That happened all game. So at halftime, I'm like, "Hey, man!" I, I stood there and like kind of circled near where he was sitting the whole halftime, contemplating on whether to say something. And he's having a conversation with people in the stands and stuff like that. But so I'm kind of waiting and like, "Okay, come on, work up the nerve, work up the nerve." And so finally, I did. I was like, I sat down next to him. I'm like, hey, man, maybe instead of backing down from all the way out on the perimeter, go down and, and establish position in the post 
Get the ball. Get the ball in the post so you don't have to back all the way down, so you don't have to make a move, so you're not getting fouled, and I framed it that way. I know they're not calling anything, yeah. so you're getting fouled all the way down, Yeah. so you don't have to worry about that. Just just get it, get it make your move, and go up. He looked at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never did it once. Never did it once. But And stood on the perimeter one spot the whole game. I, I've I've resigned to the fact that that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. There's nothing I can do, and for the whole team, there's not much movement. We've every single time, Chris, we have gotten somebody cut to the cut through the lane, or get the ball inside the three point line, and then make two more passes. Make We've gotten pass. great wide open shots and scored, or gotten great wide open shots and missed, but but gotten great wide open shots. Yeah. It's real easy when you and, and I every time out, whether they took one or we took one, guys, every time we come down, throw one pass to a guy and he takes a dribble step back or sidestep three with a guy in his face, it's not going in. We're th- two games ago, this old man walks up to me at halftime and he goes, and he goes, you guys are three for 17 from the three point line. <laughs> like, what will me do about it? Pretty good fan there. If you're keeping track of that, but thank you. Um, I said I agree. We shouldn't be doing that, and I said I've said that. So uh, there's not a there's not a whole lot of execution for any time I've spoken up, but I've spoken up in a little bit here and there in timeouts in between quarters and stuff. Uh, but for the most part, I really and I think. The right thing to do in that league is to not try to overcoach, not try to yeah, – we're not the, setting up plays. It's summer league. Those guys are out there just getting shots up and just running up and down, staying in shape. But early on, the the substitution thing started already. I'm like – so it, it's four 10-minute quarters, and I'm like, okay, you know, we had eight guys for most of the games. Like, let's do – uh Let's no, I do what I had one left. Nope. Those are yours. I, no, uh-uh. okay. Nope. So <laughs> I go five minutes. We'll just sub who's ever on the bench. We'll decide who stays in the game. And then we'll just, you know, the next time Rotate. those guys will come out the next three, two games in guy that I know I like a lot. One of the best point guards I've ever been around. Um, he comes off. He's like, man, we got to figure out this, this substitution stuff or something. These, we got to figure out these lineups. Like, what do you want to do, man? What do you, Everybody wants to play. How do you want to do it? I'm I'm listening. So from then on, we didn't do the five minute thing. We let guys play a little bit longer, and uh, and, and then just kind of we still have guys get three guys get up off the bench, but a little bit more often it's like and, and they've been pretty decent about coming out of the game, especially guys because we've had to have subs a lot. Um, if you're there as a sub, you're not actually on the team. You didn't pay. To, to be in this league. Um, those guys have been pretty good about coming out of the game a little bit more often. But uh, we have this guy that I think did pay and is on the team, supposed to be on the team, and he's not giving us much. And as a matter of fact, he's hurt, hurting us at some times. Yeah. So, but he paid. He's supposed to be on the team. Do I put two or three can other I, guys? Can I just pay to get on one of these teams? Uh, well, no. I mean, you have to know the guy like the guys get the teams together like i'm i'm calling you because yeah. i know you and yeah, we've sure. all so played. can i start calling some people and get a team together this and pay Maybe. probably it's a thousand bucks team that's it 
Oh, that was team. Five five games is all you get, but oh, and then a tournament game at least. But Dude, uh, so we just go out there and get our heads kicked in. Mm-hmm. Oh, I man. think you could. I think you think, think we could score. Do you think we could score? Um, I think we could throw up, up enough prayers that something goes in. Can we move around enough that we could maybe get an open shot? We'd be the only team that actually tries to 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 create some offense by moving. We'd be the only team. See, I'm, we're too small though. We can't just chuck up threes because they all get blocked. Well, that's. I mean, they'd let us have some. I don't because it doesn't look like we're going to make many. Uh, I, I I don't know. I think it would be more of a oh, I got an opportunity to block this three and get a breakaway dunk. <laughs> I don't know because uh, you know um, there are only a couple guys in that league that really care about playing defense. So, um, are they on the same team? I feel like those guys band together as brothers. Uh. Is there a team out know. there that's it, it, better than everybody else just because they play better defense? I don't think so. No? I, I'm not sure. I didn't check the standings this last week, um, but I don't think there's a team that's dominating everybody. All right, so there's a tournament game coming up. You guys are getting ready to play in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you excited about it? Do you got a game plan? Do you have? Yeah. You know, what's your? What's your? Have you started working out some uh, rotations? What's going on? Well, I can't work out rotations because I never know who's going to be there. Okay. Because we can't get guys to commit every week. We've had a different team. We've had four guys. It's four of the same guys pretty much every game. And then everybody else, the next three or four guys are all subs. They're coming at the very last second. I started the first four weeks. I called my buddy the, the day before or whatever. I'm like, all right, who, who do we have? Who we got going? Uh, how are we going to do lineups? We got to, uh, cause I wanted to talk to him about, about who we're going to play specifically at the end of a close game. Yeah. Can't do that anymore because we don't know who's going to show up until the day. Uh, so don't know about that, but I did. Uh, I was told as I was leaving the last game that a uh, a guy who was a big basketball guy um, played at X. I think a long time ago. Um, uh, he, he's been around uh, this city uh, in basketball for a long time. Smart guy. I don't know him personally, but I know of him for a long time. He actually used to play in one of the big summer leagues around here yeah. for years. Anyway, I'm told he's going to be helping out. He's gonna, he's gonna help out. He's or, gonna, or I'm gonna be helping him out. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna come down to help you. You know what? Maybe, maybe he comes down, sits next to you, and goes, "What's the issue? Somebody, what are they not listening to? What do you think's going on?" And maybe, maybe you say, "Dude, we stand around, we don't move the ball, we be bad. This dude does this, this dude does that," and he steps up and goes, "Hey," and he becomes the get your head on straight guy because he's. Six foot and, and he's, eight, he's, and, and he's OG, and everybody exactly. knows him. Everybody and knows the OG yeah. exactly. So, yeah, I think it'll help. I do think it'll help, and I have no problem with it. I if it'll help us in any way, I'll I'll sit at the end of the bench if you mm-hmm. want me to. I I'll do whatever. I'll keep the book. <laughs> I'll keep the book. They need help at the scores table, pal, because they don't even have the score on the board right a lot of times oh that would annoy uh, the hell out of me yeah god and bless that, the people he's this guy that runs the thing he played at purcell marion and then played at a smaller college i think in ohio he's not he's he's in his 20s and he put this thing and he is i think it started last year or the year before and he has grown this thing huge he's got guys from the nba the g league coming in here and, and playing one players from around the city do you do you want players here you see yep um, and all the best players from around here play in this league. And 
he did he did a great job. He's got all the sponsorship. There's a he's got help to do everything, which is great. That's really hard to find. But I guess the people that he's got running the score clock just don't have any experience or something. Because boy, you got to really the first couple games. I'm like. I'm not really paying close attention when the score we score great. Now I'm looking at defense, hustle yeah. down the floor, play de- and then a couple of times some of the players are like, We got 58. He says it says 52. What's going on? You know, yeah. I'm like, now I gotta watch the scoreboard every time we score and figure out. So anyway, uh, but overall they do a nice job and and all that good stuff. And boy, the uh so you're getting overtaken is what it is. <laughs> I, but I, I, I can't look at it that way because I'm the one that's sheepish and, and allowing sure. myself to, to be big time. intimidated. And, and yeah. Well, I mean, it's understandable. You're coming up there with some guys that are, I would be intimidated. I, I, I really should. And be, I don't but, know all the terminology that, you know, like, you know, basketball way better than anything I could do. Well, it's like, Hey, Chris, Go to go to Mississippi State and be the head coach, or go do a, or let's go to a, you know, let's go to LSU and go be the coach for a few games for these D one players, or go to a go to a minor league game where all these guys from all over, some major league baseball players, some D one athletes, all these guys, and you go coach them. Nah, nah, it's a, I like baseball and I know a lot of baseball, but that might be out of my league at that point, Bob. I don't know. I don't know. It, you know what? It's it's got me all in my head about stuff, uh, you know, and and worried about things and worried about how they're going to react to me and stuff like that, and 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 being brave enough to speak up and that kind of thing. It's good for me to to be in that situation, whether I do it or not. It's good for me to be in that situation and kind of feel like I, I got to do it. I got to do it. At yep. least be t- talking to myself about it. And, Every time I do speak up a little bit about something, it's another little step forward. So that's good for me. And it's also fun. It's yeah. all, it's also, even when we lose and stuff, it's been, it's, you know, now I, I did start feeling like a little nauseous at the end of the last game because I was, I think, <laughs> letting stress get to me a little bit too much. And I had nothing to eat that day, which was dumb. And it's, and it's the Smith League where all your players are like, eh, whatever, let's just go out and do yeah. this thing. Yeah. But it's, and, but I, I am, I care about it enough that I'm getting frustrated when guys aren't. You care about it more than the players care. About it. And yeah, it's basketball. Like it's okay, so yeah. when you walk out on the court, you expect everyone to give their all just like you would if you walked out on a court. Yeah. Yep. So I don't know, but uh, you know, it has been fun. It has been fun and it's been a cool experience. And I'm very thankful that still don't know why he gave me that opportunity. And I feel like I've, I've mostly failed him, but <laughs> I, uh, it's it's very cool that he thought of me to do that. I, I don't maybe he was like he won't say a word. This will be mm-hmm. fine. We'll just have a body to sit there because I know he's not going to say. It. Maybe that's why I did it. But um, but yeah, I'm part of a team. So I, if you're standing around, I'm quit standing you know. around. You yeah. know better than that. You yeah. know how it works. You also watch the Golden State Warriors. They don't stand around. Yeah. Um. Anyway, but it's been fun. There you go. Adam's get Adam is uh. Man, I hope that the coaching decision to bring on an assistant for you works out. <laughs> I don't think he's – he's not an assistant, really. He's just going to be another guy that's, like you said, I think hopefully going to be more vocal and not worried about what anybody thinks. 
and he probably knows some of these guys um, personally. Sure. So sure. it's going to be easier for him to do that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's been cool. I mean, there's some incredible athletes there, man. Incredible athletes. And I met some, met some cool guys. The the one guy uh, was even nice enough to, he, he showed up during the first quarter of our game. So I didn't meet him or anything uh, this last game, the guy that, that played at Baylor and uh, yeah. played, played, yeah. locally, played at Baylor. And then he's in the G league. He's in the G league now, I think. Um, but anyway, and so he showed up and I didn't realize that was him. I didn't, I don't recognize faces cause I don't follow college basketball enough anymore. But, um, but once somebody said his name, I'm like, Oh, okay. I know who that is. Yeah. So then he got, so then he sat there for a while on the bench and I'm, so I'm like, I, he just showed up. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not just going to throw this guy in here. <laughs> so then my buddy's like, there was a timeout or in between quarters. Somebody's like, we gotta get Maceo in. I'm like, <laughs> It doesn't matter. Uh, we we got to get him in. I'm like, okay, fine. I don't, he just, he showed up. I'm, he's sitting at the end of the bench. He was late. Him, I don't yeah. know him. Um, once he said his name, I know him and I know, or I know who yeah. he is. So anyway, so he got in and played pretty well, but, uh, good to you. Though. But anyway, he's yeah, good to at you. halftime, he came up to me, said, what's your name? Adam. Macio, nice to meet you. I was like, okay, that's cool. I, that makes me feel like he's he's not just look, you know, yeah. Who's this dumb this dumb guy that doesn't say much or whatever? Yeah. Um. So anyway, that was that was nice. Everybody's been really nice. The one guy, I feel like maybe he's a little bit cold, but maybe not on purpose. So sure, maybe. might just be his. Might just be who he is. I got a guy, one of my assistant coaches. That you yeah, uh, you look. Most people when I, when I first met him, I was like, I'm not going to get along with this guy in any way, shape, or form. He's just a Looks like a dude that would ignore you. He's got something to say. He's kind of comes off harsh. Turns out to be one of the absolute nicest guys in the entire world. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Once you get to know, you know what I mean? Get to know somebody. Get to yeah. know somebody. Yep. That's cool. That's all about. You know, uh, we, we talked a lot about coaching. I wanted to the, – the vacation part. After you guys got done playing, you stayed another yeah. few days, another week, it was, something like It that. was good. I mean, we, 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 had about, we had a lot of half the team. We – pretty much hung out at the beach hung a we didn't we went out to dinner a few times ocean city is an expensive city just tell you that sounds like uh yeah did you have some some seafood oh we had seafood i bet had quite a bit of dollars worth of seafood okay what kind of stuff anything you try new no i mean everything man i ain't nothing new for me i mussels clams you know they i didn't have any oysters uh i like the oysters on the half shell cold i love those heroes in a half shell heroes in a half shell um, but no, I don't think there's anything new. Oh, there is something new I tried. So I love uh, the Alaskan king crab. You know, you got those big giant crab claws, you know, that you get and you get a, you get a, a claw crab or whatever. You eat those bad boys. That takes catch. Yeah. It takes more time to, uh, to really crack the things open than you actually get meat out of them. But so the, we, then there, we went to one place and they're like, all right, yeah. So, uh, our big thing is this blue crab, right? We sell these blue crabs. You, you know, one crab is $4, and we're like, $4 for a crab? Jesus, Pete, huh? let's jump on this. Oh, is that good? I mean, that's cheap. So we're like, all right, well, man, this ain't bad. Let's uh, see what we can do. It's an entire crab. Like, they bring it out. It's got every – it's just the crab. They show you how to peel this thing open, and then the guts are in it, and you got to, like, scrape the guts out and – move all this stuff around that you can't eat and it was different it was different process your own dead yeah. crab yeah it was pretty crazy so I, I had blue crab for the first time 
blue. Uh, that's what they were. I believe they were called blue crab. Blueberry flavored. So I was pretty excited, right? Because I'm like, man, this is, you know, we're in Maryland. We're on the ocean. It's like, this it's is fresh. Cool. Not, fresh. Not blueberry at all, actually. But uh, fresh, I'm thinking. So we walk out. And as we walk out, I'm parked by a dumpster. And in the dumpster, it's got a box of frozen, an empty box of frozen crabs. Says frozen crabs or something like that. So you never know what you're gonna get when you go to some places. Maybe not as fresh. Maybe not. That's why it was four bucks. There you go. So anyway, should have known uh, that was without a doubt the cheapest thing that there was because everything else was crazy. Did it? Did it taste the same as any other crab that you? Man, had? look. Not here's quite. my problem. This is my problem. People talk about this all the time. Oh, let's have a chili cook-off. Well, we, and we did a chili cook-off. Hey, let's do a chili cook-off. Which chili tastes better? I don't know, man. They all taste like chili. I ain't gonna lie to you. I, there's something wrong with my taste buds. I know when something tastes good, but I can't distinguish this from this. Like if I get crab, crab legs at, you know, uh, Sunoco down the street, or if I get crab legs on the ocean, people are always like, oh my God, they taste so much better, fresh. Oh, no. Bro, this tastes exactly the same. <laughs> exactly the same. I love it. It's delicious, but it doesn't taste any sushi. They're like, don't get sushi from man. I eat sushi from all kinds of places. It all tastes exactly the same. Yeah. All right. But I mean, that's a good thing for you because then you can get the cheaper stuff. Hundred percent. I'm in. I eat every. Everybody's always like, "How was it? I didn't think that was very good." I'm like, I ate every bit. It was delicious. <laughs> it's good. It's got enough salt on it. I'm good. I'm, I, <laughs> oh, that's the thing. I just got to have a little salt. I'm good to go. And all, everything out there is in Old Bay. Every, there's Old Bay everything. They had Old Bay vodka. They had Old Bay. Um, Isn't that a seasoning? Yeah. yeah. It's a seasoning. It's a specific for seafood. Seafood yeah. seasoning for like seafood boils and stuff like that. And Old Bay chips. My wife is obsessed with Old Bay. We got Old Bay goldfish. Old Bay chips. Old Bay vodka for Bloody Marys, right? Because you got to get that little spice in there for the Bloody Mary. Okay. Dude, it's insane. Absolutely insane. Very nice. Very nice. So you had a good time. You guys, what was it? How'd you guys do total overall? We won the very first two games, run rolled the first two games, and lost the next four. Okay. One of them didn't count. So technically, it was an exhibition game. So I guess technically we were two and three and you we and came in technically we came in fourth place out of how many seven okay that's not bad and you and you incorrectly blamed yourself for those last four games mm-hmm. but i feel like that definitely for at least for the second pool game the third pool game there's no reason we couldn't have been three and zero in pool play okay i mean at that point was it was it the next day that you guys played the next day was the tournament you know so, so the tournament part, I don't blame myself, but the okay. third pool play game, but when you all of a sudden lose two games in a row and you walk out on a field and you're down here and you're hot, and then we had to play because we came in, we ended up in third, we ended up third going with a third place seed. We played at 8 a.m. instead of 10 a.m. And when you got to drive a half an hour and you're on vacation and we try to get to games at seven, you know, an hour beforehand to get warmed up and do all our stuff. Well, I was like, look, y'all. It's 11 or 10 is 1030 and we're on the deck, you know, and I'm like, boy, it's time to go to bed. We got to all go to bed. And I was like, I'll tell you what I'm going to do, though. I'm going to give you all half an hour. Uh, nobody needs to be there till 730. We'll be all right. We can we can warm up and do everything we need 
by 7.30. We don't have to be there at 7. We pulled in. That other team had been out there for a while, dude. They're they're jumping and running and hitting and everything. They already stretched and tossed. They're done. Is it a local team? Uh, I think it was a local team. for them. I don't know if it was. No, they were from New York, I think. Or Buffalo. They are from Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo, New York. Um, and it was, yeah, they were the coaches. Oh, you love this. Coaches. Coaches' pants. Oh. Or baseball pants. Oh, okay. All four coaches were in full uniform. Wow. Nine U baseball. Wow. All four coaches, full uniform. That's serious. The team from Buffalo? The team that won it all and the team from Buffalo. And we were just as good as them. If I threw my... If they would have had to face my horse on a good day, it would have been a better game. They probably might have been better than us still, but all those teams had never stolen before that tournament. We stole all year. Huh. Bases, right? They had to stand on the base. There's no leadoffs. You just, you know, play baseball. So they go to this tournament, and they're all telling me how, man, we've never stolen. We've never done all this. We've been practicing it for two weeks before the tournament started. Just get used to it. And it was a track meet. It was a track meet. I was so irritated with the way the baseball was played down there. I, you remember I told you about the running too much? I didn't blow up. I kept my composure. and I didn't say anything to anybody until it was that team. It was in that first round, first game, and there's a guy on second base, and the catcher pops up. And he's on. He just stands in the middle, of the, and the catcher starts walking at him like, what are you going to do there, dude? And the guy starts going back to second, so he throws it to the pitcher. Next play, does the same thing. Catcher walks halfway down, goes. The guy takes a couple steps back towards second. He's like, oh, he's going to second, throws it to the pitcher. This kid takes off the third. That's not baseball. What are you doing? This is, there you go. So they do it three times. So the third time, no, the third time, that was the first time. The next two were at third. Catcher would stand up. This kid's playing down there. And normally we don't try to throw the ball to third because overthrow, you got to make good throws at this age and make good plays, blah, blah, blah. We threw, so before I finish this, we threw 10 people out on the base paths in, what was it, six games. Ten, at the 10 that I kept track of, we might have had more. Wow. 10 people out on the base paths because that's all they did was run. We haven't thrown 10 people out on the bases in the other 25 games that we played all year, right? Like that's the difference between, between never doing it and doing it, right? So they were running like crazy. So this kid, they, they do that, and he's dancing at third, whatever. And, you know, he, he starts creeping back. So the guy throws it to the pitcher, takes off. We throw the ball it's slightly over the catcher's head, scores. So I walk out. Now I'm, it's the third time that somebody's done this. And I walk out, and I said, Landon, I said, you walk him back until he touches third, and you look at that umpire and call time. I said, if they want to have a track meet, we can have a track meet. But if we want to play baseball, or I no, I said, if you want to have a track meet, I'm going to do this every single time. If you want to play baseball, let's play baseball. And the guy's like, oh, that was, we didn't tell him to do that. That was just something he did. And we're like, and I'm like, it's happened three times. And you guys are all clapping, telling me, did good. like, nobody's told any of these kids they did something wrong. So they're, you doing it on purpose. First base coach who's next to me says that. And I was like, it's just been happening all tournament. It's just ridiculous. We're not playing baseball. We're playing pickle. And I don't want to play. I didn't come here to play pickle. I didn't drive 10 hours to play pickle. I drove 10 hours to play baseball. I'm a little seething at this point, right? Because we've lost a couple games in a row now. I, I can see my kids getting down because these guys are being stupid. Once again, not baseball. I had the conversation with them. They, I know what you're going to say. I had the conversation with the kids. But I also want everybody to know, let's come on. Can we just play baseball? 
So uh, I see the first base coach when they get out of the inning, walk over to the umpire and have a conversation with the umpire. Well, I'm heading over to third base side because I'm third base coach. So I just walk right behind him the second he's not even three feet from the umpire. And I said, all right, what do I do? Give it to me, Blue, because the umpires loved me. Every umpire came up and told me how amazing and great and all every umpire. So he comes over to me and he's like, he told me that I, I, I shouldn't be allowed to call time every single play. If you ask for time, I don't have to call time every play. And I said, if my kid looks at you and calls time, you will give him time. And he looked at me and he goes, it's, it's a judgment if I want to or not. And I'm going to give it to you every time. And I was like, thank you, because this isn't baseball. And I walked around and I know that guy heard me. And it's like, what are you, you serious? You're going to tell that guy. So now that tells me that you really are trying to just run as much as you can. Yeah. If you're, if you're in a position where you have, your catcher has to walk back a kid every time he's on third base and then call time to stop the play. Yeah. Then you, you're forced to call time every time. I have to. And, and the umpire is forced to give it to you every yes. time. Yes. Yeah. Because you can't, because more, then, especially if there's more than one kid on base, they're just going to keep staying in between the bases and try to, wherever the ball is on the infield, if you're trying to get one kid yeah. out, which is always probably going to be the lead runner. But but the ne- the other kid, the kid behind him is probably always going to take the next base. If, yeah. there's, if you get first and third, and the kid's messing around on third, that kid's going to go to second. You're, they're always going to be, and you're going to, your games are going to take six hours. That's why I said we could play here. We could sit here for three hours and play three innings if you want, or we can play baseball. Yeah. So the first two games we played that we run ruled these teams, the two teams played each other. Okay. At four o'clock, we played one of the teams at six and one of the teams at eight. I didn't see their game. We get that because we warm up in the outfield. I'm not watching them. I know that the one team ends up winning by about seven or eight. And it was a high scoring game. It was like 28 to four or 28 to 14 in the third inning. And it was like, oh my God, this is, I'm going to shoot myself in the head. So we get in there and this team starts running like crazy. And we throw two kids out at third. And I'm like, what is one from the outfield? One, one stealing. And I'm like, what is going on? And the guy's like, man, we, we've never played stealing before. We're not really, you know, we're, we're just getting used to this. And I was like, oh, I get it. I get it. And they're just running, running, running balls in the infield. And they're just taking off to another base and just all kinds of craziness. And we, we, we beat both of those team run rule because we threw everybody out around the bases. And it's like, are you, what is, I don't understand. You would think coach, the coaches would be like, they're getting us out by the second inning. Maybe they're no, like, it's not even they're like, throwing, they're throwing us out on the baseball. Stop running. You're still they're a baseball you. coach. You're still a baseball coach. You, you're a baseball coach, obviously at a decently high level. If you're traveling to a different state to play ball, what are you doing? What is going on? This is insane. I was irritated. I was super irritated at the end of the tournament. I was super irritated because of all that. It was mm. ridiculous. So I had my, you know what I ended up doing? Uh, my, I got this pitcher who is super smart. Okay, and this, he's just a baseball smart, baseball smart, baseball smart kid. I I never even told him to do it. I'm not. I can't even take. Can't even take. It. We talked about it one time that next year you might see stuff like this happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you get if there's a pickoff move, you don't have to slide in. You're close enough. Just take your two steps. Get up to the base. You're not going to be out. Right. If you get a good jump back, you're good. So. Uh, this coach or this coach, this kid is on the mound 
And he realizes that they're running. And this kid can tell that I'm irritated, right? He sees me. He sees the rest of the coaches like, this is track meet. This is, we're not playing baseball. We're playing track. We're not, we're, we used every thing you could have, right? We're irritated. He goes up, steps off the mound to pick kid off at second, at first base, never throws it. Kid dives in. He jumps on the mound, throws a strike. Like immediately throws it, like just jumps on, comes set, throws it. That kid's not even standing up yet on first base from diving in. Wow. And I was like, out of boy. How do we stop him from running? You want to play these games? Guess what? Now we're playing games. And I, I never said that, but I was like, you know what? Normally I would tell him, dude, come on. It's just, I get what you're trying to do. But after having that whole thing go down, I, I feel like that was more baseball because I'm trying to stop you from doing something than it was like they were, who's just going all over the place being crazy. I totally, I was like, this is great. What happened? Other team after three innings finally got smart. As soon as he stepped off the rubber to make that play, kid step out of the box. Perfect. Step out of the box. Can't throw it. You're good. Now you got to wait. But it took him a while. And he like they have a guy on second. He did it every time. He'd go up, step off, kid would dive in, he'd get on the rubber, come set, throw a pitch. Now all of a sudden they ain't running around like crazy people. He doesn't have to look anybody back. He doesn't have to do nothing. It was awesome. It was the greatest thing. It was so great. While that's happening, though, I imagine the umpire's like, okay, come on. Because if you're stepping out every time in order to make oh, sure no, he once he once he did it, once they started stepping out, that's when I we I looked at Parker or Parker. I looked at Charlie and I was like, hey, it's done. He, they it's done. They've they, it's there. Gotcha. Go now just get up and throw. And we he just got up and throw. So then it changed. I'm not one that's I'm not just gonna keep on trying to do it just to that. No. If they get it, okay, they figured it out. You guys, you guys did it. I'm just trying to stop you from running all over the world for no reason. Hmm. So it was more, more, more. I had, I had more of that. That that brings something to my mind that I wanted to ask you about, but this is a conversation I think we should have next week um, about the balk. Just thinking about your your kid, kind of uh, for oh, lack they, of a better they, term, they, quit so, pitching. So in our in our league, every pitcher, the pitchers get a warning. Every kid pitcher gets a warning. Now. If that pitcher balks again, it's balk. Uh, in that tournament, there were no warnings. It's the first time I've ever been involved with no warnings for balks. Hmm. Uh, and they give warnings out all the way through like 11 and 12. I mean, the, the umpires are pretty lenient with balks. If it's, unless it's, I mean, egregious, right? Like you come set, you step up, you step down, and then step off and throw. Like, but I don't know where you're going to get with this, but when he did that, they were trying to say that it was balk because he never came set. They were trying to say that. I mean, he was 100% stepping off, look over, get on, pause, and throw. I mean, it was quick, but it was pause, throw. And um, it was definitely, he definitely came set without a doubt. So anyway, go ahead. In Major League Baseball right now, I feel like there, I, I understand the balk rule less than I ever have before because there are guys that are doing crazy things on the mound right now. And the Reds just won a game on a balk that was like I still don't know what he did. Was I, it his hand? Was he, it the glove in front? The glove kind of like waved out. But or he something, never but came set. I I don't. That's the thing. I'm confused now because you've got guys doing double and triple leg kicks, going back, coming forward. This thing, yep. these things, and the, as part of their yep, wind up every delivery, coming set. Yeah, and it's like I and and I'm telling you. It's these guys aren't doing the exact same thing every time. So I don't even think that thing where it's like where it used to be like, 
well, Andy Pettit gets away with Fox every single time because that's the way he does it. He does it the same way every, every single time. Yeah. These guys are doing like all kinds of crazy stuff to I try agree. to get timing off. Thank it's you. insane. It's I can't stand it. The first guy was a reliever that I remember was a reliever for uh, the Braves, and he'd, he'd give you like this four-time set thing. Mm-hmm. That's Dude, you pause. That's it, bro. That's it. You make a move. That's the end. If you make a move after that, it's it's a balk. Unless you got to deliver the pitch. My son, my son balks all the time. I think he does. <laughs> He'll come set and he does that too. And he kind of like he's like, he like does this little bounce thing, right? Uh-huh. He'll come, he'll get here and he'll come set and he just kind of bounces, uh, gets himself in an athletic stance, you know, and he just kind of bounces for a second and then he throws. And it's like, oh, yeah. I mean, he, his feet don't come up. His body doesn't move back and forth. I, I, technically, it's probably not a balk, but it's that stuff that happens in the Major League Baseball where you're like, I mean, if you pick apart this rule, you could probably talk me out of that being a balk. But what the balk rule was made for, that is a balk. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of travel stuff in basketball now, too. Yeah, it's exactly it's the same thing. You, yep. you interpret the rule differently now than used to so now your gather and your gather step or whatever they call that thing the yeah there's a lot to it or the first step when you catch a ball how that works yeah yeah okay so that uh, we we got through a very quick that's good sorry we got through a very quick no no that was great because i i was like it's going to be too long a discussion to have today but let's do it next week but we did just get through i mean we uh, we're on the the same stage the fastest thing we've ever got through on this podcast and speaking of that let's, let's do it let's get into um do we do the, the home run derby real quick? We might as well get it done. Yeah, let's do the home let's, run derby real quick. Who we got, who we pick. Let's do it. Uh, so in the home run derby, you have Pete Alonso, you have Kyle Schwarber, you have Ronald Acuna Jr., Juan Soto, Julio Rodriguez, the rookie from Seattle. That's fantastic. Yeah, he is. I and, got him on my fantasy team. Nice. Um, and uh, Jose Ramirez. Foreshadowing. Um, <laughs> and you also have the legendary Albert Pujols. So, how many times has Albert Pujols won this? Twice? I don't know. It's you. If you told me eight, I'd be like, "Yep, you're probably right." Okay. Or if I you think told me once, twice. I'd be like, "Okay." Uh, anyway, let me first say that NBA, please take notice, and this has been the case for a while. The guys that you would want most to be in the home run derby are in the home run derby. The dunk contest. Adam Schmidt's in the dunk contest. Yep. Yep. You know? LeBron James was never in the dunk contest. The, the guys that you want to see in the dunk contest are never in it, almost never in it, except for the Zach Levine, but Aaron Gordon. But man, that's the, the guys that you, I get excited about. But, this but we never knew Bruce. that Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine at the time were the best dunkers. Well, we knew that they, we knew they, all these guys can jumpers. jump and leap and do things, but you want superstars in your main events. If you're going to have a main event in a all-star game, you want superstars in it. I wanted to see Russell Westbrook in the dunk contest for a while. I wanted to see LeBron James in the dunk contest. I wanted to see the best guys who were the most athletic and had the leaping ability and all that kind of stuff. I wanted to see those guys. You have some young guys that most people don't know about that are super athletic and 610 and fly eight feet long wingspans and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But the, the star power is not there. So people automatically aren't as interested. And then of course they're the dunks haven't been great for a while, but 
anyway, everybody does this. You, you're running, we're running out of dunks. Although some guys have come up with some really creative things the last few years. Yeah. Yeah. It's just got to get better. But I just said that to say, great job by it's really the players because it's up to them whether they want to get in there or not. Yeah. But the guys that are the best home run hitters, most for the most part, are in this thing. It's exciting. So we just listed who's in it. You uh, have already foreshadowed mm-hmm. uh, possibly who you are picking. Is it, who do you take? I would love to take Albert Pujols in this. Uh, you know, final year, he's retiring, he's back with the Cardinals. I would love to take Albert Pujols. Mm-hmm. Pete Alonso has he's mastered this. Pete Alonso has mastered it. Vladdy's not in it, is he? No. Vladdy that's a guy. Vladdy and Pete Alonso in the last couple of years, what they did on this stage yeah. is we'll never see it. I'm not gonna say we'll never see it, but that is something that was as impressive impressive as I've ever seen. Uh, I love having Juan Soto in this because I think yeah. Juan Soto is a guy who's stuck in a small market in Washington. And I say stuck. I don't mean stuck. It's I'm glad he's there. I'm, he's He is one of the top three players in all of baseball. Yeah. And has been for three or four years now. And by the way, you said players, which absolutely, and not just a home run hitter, one of the best hitters. One of the best, the just pure hitters. If you ever seen the guy take a a ball just slightly on the inside corner and do his little Juan Soto dance where he gets real low and like front hops out of the box. Like, Ooh, that was a really close one. But uh, I love that. I, I took it. I wasn't sure it was going to be a ball and then he caught a ball. So thank God. Kind of a kind of a thing. It's really fun. You've never seen dance. it. You ever seen him do that where uh, he takes a pitch and he, he's like, Ooh, and he kind of like dances off to the side. It's I'm, sure I am. I'm sure. I am. All right. So anyway, um, it's hard to go away from Pete Alonso. Mm-hmm. The dude's back-to-back champs, uh, and no, it, like he just goes up there and effortlessly hits bombs since he came into the league. Yes, he was in. He was in it his rookie, rookie year, just like um, uh, Rodriguez this year. So, do you take a Rodriguez, the rookie? Right, that's too much pressure on him. Like Pete Alonso, there's something special about that dude, and he did it, and he figured it out. He's got a guy who throws it to him. He likes the way he throws. So it's as it is. It's the batting practice pitcher for the Mets, I, I think. think so. uh, and and just grooves, and he's got what he wants. As I look at those names, though, Acuna Jr.'s in there, um, and then oh, Jose Ramirez. See, Jose Ramirez. When he has bombs, he's, he's got a lot of those line drive, looping line drive that, that go out. He just hits them so hard. Mm-hmm. He hits the ball hard, but he's a line drive hitter. I feel the same way for a guy like, uh, like uh, what's his name for, uh, for, for the Schwarber? No, no, no. no. Schwarber's in this too, isn't he? He's in. Yeah, uh, for Rodriguez. For the – Rodriguez, yeah. Yeah, for, for Rodriguez. Um. So who's the other one? Who am I missing? Who's the only other guy I haven't said yet? You had Alonzo, Pujol, Schwarber, Acuna, Soto, Rodriguez, and Ramirez. I said them all. Okay. Kyle Schwarber has done this before, and he, I think he came in second when he did it. I'm, are you going to, were you going to take Pete Alonzo? I was between Pete Alonzo and Albert Pujols. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go Albert Pujols. He's not going to win it because this is actually very taxing on these guys. Yeah. It's really t- you, you see these guys see out of breath. It's 2 minutes are of just swing after and it is not easy to swing 33 ounces of lumber 
that many times. It is not easy. I just, we played a home run derby and we did 45 seconds with my baseball team. And I made the coaches come out and I brought my, one of my wood bats. And I was like, they're like, whose bat are we going to use? I was like, I oh, know big boys. We're taking a wood bat out here nice. in 45 seconds about killed some of these grown men. Sure. About killed them. Yeah. Uh, did I tell you who won that home run derby? No. Uh, there was a guy that hit one. I think there was somebody that hit one out. And then Coach Chris, you know, he smacked six bombs like it was his job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I pick uh, – in that one, I pick Coach Chris. And in this it one – It was 225 feet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I can hit that far. Uh, in my uh, – I'm taking Pujols just for the sentimental value of it. I, if you're taking Pujols, I, I – I, I, I Unless mean, you want him. Pete Alonso is the easy one. I mean, that's the easy one. I want to – give you the easy one i feel like that's who you wanted that's why i didn't take it if you want pete alonzo i'm gonna go on soda oh wait we're betting something on this yeah one. we're betting on okay. this. so i'm gonna let you have first pick i'm gonna let you have first pick because no. we are gonna bet uh the reese's whoever oh go what we should write you have a piece of paper over there yeah we should write our picks down we should write our picks down and then we show them if we have the same guy then we'll figure something out if not all right who do you think is gonna win All right, I'm not looking at yours. I already wrote mine down. Um, so we're just going to, are we going to read them at the same time? Are we going to turn them towards yeah, the camera? On the count of three, say the last name of the guy you picked. All right. One, two, three. Alonzo. Oh, we, you just took right. the one I was going to take. I love <laughs> it. That's so great. All right. I got Pete Alonzo. You got Juan Soto. All right. That being said, what is the bet now? Oh, that's the tough part. Um, let's see. I love Juan Soto. I'm going to be rooting for him. I'm not going to lie to you. Me and Parker will be rooting. Actually, he might root for Acuna Jr., but I'm going to, I'm going to be rooting for Albert Pujols, but, uh, that's the other, I wanted to also ask you about that. I know we're so, we have, so, we've talked so much here. Um, I wanted to ask you about, Screw it, we're only an hour and a half. We I, go two oh, hours. Actually. Yeah. It's not as much as I thought. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you what your thoughts are about the uh like this the special spot on the i'm i forget the name what did they call it but albert Pujols and miguel cabrera had, were given spots on the roster for the all-star team mm -hmm. your thoughts on that uh it's the that's a hundred percent i'm in for that i don't know why that's anybody the would be easiest there, thing but. in the world i'll never forget the greatest all-star game i've i can ever remember in my lifetime was the gives me cold chills. Uh, was Cowpin Jr. and Tony Gwynn's last, and they did it yeah. was their last game. And and there's the whole thing with, um, you know, they walk out on the field and and uh, he's playing third and and uh, a Rod's playing short, and they run out there and a Rod runs out to third base, yep. and has him go play short. Yep, didn't want to do it. No. Pushes him out. Yeah, go, 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 go get over there. Yep, and he makes him play short and. Then he gets a he gets a uh, Chanho Park, I believe it was Chanho Park, uh, fastball right down the middle and blows it out of the yard, mm -hmm. and it's like man, like it doesn't get any cooler than that. And they yeah. celebrated both Tony Gwynn and Cal Ripken on the field at that time. I want this every bit of it. I want everything good to come of it because both these guys are awesome. I mean, the other day Miguel Cabrera at 450 pounds and 97 years old stole third ball gets away and he gets and he walks home dude i think he's still hitting like 290 or something of course he is are you kidding me you're talking about the last person to ever hit a triple crown the first yeah. person to hit for the triple crown 
in like which was like 50 years had gone by since since uh Carl Yastrzemski did it. Yeah. You're talking about one of the greatest hitters of all time. Miguel yeah. Cabrera will go down as one of the top I think he's one of the top 10 to 15 players. Well, we'll say hitters, hitters of all time. Yeah. Um yeah, I think it's very cool too. I, I love that part about it. And I, I was really surprised that Pujols was getting in the home run derby, but really excited. I'm like, you man, know what? why not? It's your last year. Just yeah, go on, do it. What do does it. he care? Yeah, if they want him to, they ask him. He's going to LA. He, you know, he just got done playing for the Los Angeles Anaheim Angels of Anaheim, California, or however that whole thing goes. The Dodgers, I think, after that, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. Then he time. went to the Dodgers for a short Los time. Angeles so it's Dodgers like, yeah, these people love me. Right. They're like, these people love it. well, I'm our pools. There's nobody that doesn't love our pools. Even as a Reds fan, I love our pools. I love our pools. And I'm so stoked for him to do this in a Cardinals uniform. There's going to be a yeah. ton of videos from when him and Josh Hamilton were going back and forth with their monster home runs. They're hitting 500 plus foot home runs with ease in that 2000 and whatever year that was home run derby back when you only had, when it was 10 outs, not, not two minutes or whatever it was in the bonus ball. I love the way they do this, by the way, this is the first time something's changed in baseball. And I'm like, this is the best way to do this. This is how this should have been done from the beginning. The one change they did make last year that I like is you don't have to wait for the ball to land before you can throw the next pitch. It's get out there, bro. Just start chucking them. Yep. And as many as you can get in a groove and go. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, so yeah, very cool. Is didn't Yadier Molina say that this is his last year too? I think so. Yeah. Is he in the all-star game? Yeah. But sometimes it it did. Yadi say that I thought he did. And that, that kind of just made me think like if Cabrera and Pujols, I mean, oh, Yachty Yachty or Molina is a yeah, top five catcher of all time. That's fine. That's fine. I get that. Top five catcher of all time, right? Then you could go, he's one of the top five first basemen of all time. Top five. That 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 could put you in the, you know, that does that barely puts you in the top 50. You know what I mean? So to me, you're talking about two of the greatest hitters to ever play the game. Without a doubt, the two best hitters in the last 15, 20 years, sure. they are for the guys that have played for, you know, in the last couple decades, these dudes are as good, if not better than all of them, Albert Pujols and Miguel Cabrera with their power. It's just like Tony Gwynn. Tony Gwynn was one of, I was regarded as one of the top five straight hitters ever. Mm-hmm. Right. It was, it was Tony Gwynn. It was Pete Rose. It was Ted, Ted Close. Ted Klesuski. Williams. <laughs> Ted Williams. You know what I mean? That was the conversation he was in. And Ted Klesuski. And then you talk about the guy who broke every, you know, who broke a ton of records, right? You got it in Cal Ripken Jr. This is, those two are different. Yadier Molina is going to go down as one of the greatest at his position. The problem is some of the greatest at his position aren't some of the greatest baseball players of all time, right? There's some, right? Johnny Bench is up. There's guys that are, that were great defensively and offensively, but these guys are just what they do. The hardest part of baseball hitting. They are, they figured it out better than anybody. I'm fine with it. Yaddy, Yaddy. I love Yaddy or Molina. I hate, I hate, I hate the, the Cardinals. I, I, you've got to love a guy who can catch for a 50 years and keep catching. Like even Johnny bench played first at the end of his career. You know what I mean? I love it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just want to, but I'm fine with him not getting that extra special treatment. He's not Albert Pools. He's not Miguel Cabrera. 
he's not. Because those guys are hitters. I mean, and and Cabrera spent a lot There's of time a, at DH. Listen, dude, that don't bother me. The, the hardest thing to do in baseball is hit. There are a ton of guys that are some of the greatest fielders you've ever seen in your life, but that doesn't make them somebody that is going to be regard like like uh, Omar Vizquel, maybe one of the top, maybe the best shortstop to ever play the game. You wouldn't put Omar Vizquel in a special spot just because he might be the greatest shortstop to ever play the game. You have to be able to do it with everything. Yaddy could hit for a catcher. He was good, but Yaddy is known Yaddy's known for being the defensive specialist that he is. The end and the fact that he could hit helped. But it wasn't like he was hitting 300 or 350 or anything like that. He was hitting 230, 240. But if for a catcher, that's insane. That's really good. It is. But yeah. no, no, the hardest thing in baseball is hitting. If you are a hitter in baseball, that is what you, you are the one that will be known. You That will put you in history. Hitting is what puts people in history. The greatest players that you think of, Ken Griffey Jr., Babe Ruth, Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, they could do a lot of things, but they have the greatest hitting stats of all time. Those are the guys that get the special treatment. Okay. All right. Um, you disagree, but you don't feel like we have enough time to talk about it on this podcast. <laughs> I, 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 re- I want to, to make a case for how much of an impact, maybe more so, on the game that a great catcher has, especially for that long of a time. You don't have to argue that. I know, I know that you'll agree with me, but I comparing how hard hitting is and how hard it is to be that great of a hitter to how, how important it is and how much of an impact you have on every single game as a great catcher. That's, that's an impact responsibility. That's an impact in 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 a thing for a team. When you drive baseball, as a player, like Miguel Cabrera drove baseball for a while. Albert Pujols drove the sport of baseball for a while. That's different than where Yadier Molina was beloved in St. Louis and everybody knows who he is. And he's known as one of these greatest, the greatest catcher or one of the greatest catchers, but he didn't, he didn't drive baseball. He didn't, he didn't jump in the front of the bus. And is that, but is that only because they're they're marketing those guys because the fringe fan wants to see hits, wants to see home runs? Is it when you think of the greatest, when you think of the greatest center fielder of all time, I think of Ken Griffey Jr. Not even close. Who do you think of? Eric Davis. Okay. <laughs> when you think of, you know, the greatest baseball players of all time, we talk about Hank Aaron. We talk about Babe Ruth. We talk about Willie Mays. We talk about um, uh, Albert Pujols. We talk about guys like like uh, Ken Griffey Jr. You're talking about a select few guys. I mean, Buddy Albert Bell. Pujols. What Albert Pujols and Miguel Cabrera did for as long as they did, that's not a normal thing. There are catchers that catch for 15 years. There's catchers that do that, and there's catchers that are really good. Now, Molina's different, right? He played for. He got a few. World Series rings. He was the leader of the team for a while. You know, that's, that's, I get it. I get it. That's special, right? That is a very special thing. We have a special thing in Joey Votto. Joey Votto is not going to get, you know, because he played with the Reds for 20 years, he's not going to get an invitation for a special thing because he says he's retiring. That Joey Votto was not that player. Joey Votto is a great player, a phenomenal player, but he's not Albert Pujols and he's not Miguel Cabrera. Okay. 
Right, <laughs> we can I'm, keep doing this. And I'm, I'm going to keep saying the same thing. I'm and good. you're going to keep saying the same thing. No, no, so I'm good. We've I'm done good. this a million times in this podcast where I'm we take good. 25 minutes and we just repeat ourselves. I want to talk about fantasy football. I want to talk about fantasy football too. Let's do it. I want to talk about the Mount Rushmore of fantasy football players. I love it. So this is as many years as you've been playing fantasy football, which for you is how long? Probably about uh, 20, maybe a little more. So are you taking this list based off your personal experience? Or is this based off of some metrics that you have looked up and said, man, this guy scored more points than anybody. And this guy was the best, had the most number one picks in this many years. How are you doing in this? Some, some weeks I really dive deep into these things and look at numbers and stuff. You know, I love doing that, making lists and all that kind of thing. This felt like number one, I can't do it based on who I had on my teams because I can't remember from year to year who I had on my teams. I gotcha. But knowing how good those guys, how good these guys were fantasy wise, especially now, these are all great players, of course, Mm -hmm. but fantasy wise, especially early on and, and, you know, like early 2000s, mid 2000s, that's the kind of time that I, you know, especially when I was really first getting into it a lot, you know, was doing four teams every year and Mm -hmm. that kind of thing the guys that I knew had the biggest impact yep. on fantasy football, that's just kind of, and, and I didn't really dive super deep into numbers, just guys that I remember being like, these guys on all the lists are number one or number two for a long period of time Yep, on, on fantasy uh, power rankings or whatever mock drafts. So that's what I did. That's how I did. It. How did you do it? Did you do it based uh, on guys? Mine you is mine is. There's quite a few that are my guys. Like these are guys because I've I've been in the same five man keeper. Like there's five keepers that we have for you know it's. I mean you're keeping a huge part of your team. That's the biggest bulk of your team. It's the best players on your team. So uh, I've been in that for since I was six to twenty two years. Ooh. So that league has been going on for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So I kind of I've got a lot of it based on that, and then based off just obvious things that these guys were they were known as the greatest of all time yeah okay there you go um do you want to go first you go first okay i can go first uh my number one is drew Brees because drew Brees carried me to some of the greatest uh fantasy football victories of my entire life and put up numbers like nobody else once he got to new orleans mm-hmm. i i picked up drew Brees. uh i made a trade i had michael turner you remember Michael Turner? I remember the name. Stud running back for the Falcons. And I had, I'm sorry, I didn't have Michael Turner. I had Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees. That's who I had. Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Now, this is 15 years ago. Aaron Rodgers is, you know, second year quarter, second year. He's a fifth year quarterback or whatever, but a second year starting, right? And he's really good. Drew Brees just gets traded and has or maybe it was his last year in San Diego or just got traded in New Orleans and has been put up solid numbers. And I had both of them and I, I needed a running back and I made it offered a trade and I had to decide who am I getting rid of? I wanted Michael Turner. I kept Michael Turner for a good five years and I traded Aaron Rodgers for Michael Turner straight up. And I kept Drew Brees, and it was the greatest thing I ever did because he outscored Aaron Rodgers every single year. 
And Aaron Rodgers was a good fantasy quarterback, but not he didn't put up the Drew Brees numbers, the yardage and the touchdowns. So that's number one. Uh, number two for me was Marvin Harrison. Again, going back to my personal fantasy, like I had him forever with Peyton Manning, and that dude was like he caught a million. I mean, apparently he turns out that he's not the greatest guy in the world. Marvin he's Harrison, a real quiet dude, but apparently he's like I don't know if he's killed people or what he's got. But apparently this is not the greatest. He's he's a super thug. I'm sorry, Marvin. Maybe you're not. Maybe I got the story wrong. Um, anyway, so that's number two. The next two are, I mean, they're they're just the names that you remember forever. Like the names that were number one or number one and two literally for as long as they played in the game. And that's Marshall Falk and LaDainian Tomlinson. They have to be on the top. I mean, Adrian Peterson was there for a long time. Adrian AP could be spoken in this conversation. Uh, Tom Brady for, see, the thing with Tom Brady is he wasn't a fantasy quarterback, like a great fantasy quarterback until that Randy Moss years Mm -hmm. when he started really putting up numbers. I mean, the numbers he's putting up right now, that the records he's breaking is because he's played for so long. Like Drew Brees and, and, and Peyton Manning didn't, didn't play as long, but they threw the ball like crazy. So their numbers were incredible. Um, Rob Gronkowski, because that position is so tough. Travis Kelsey could be in there. Tony Gonzalez. Tony Gonzalez, without a doubt. Tony Gonzalez and Antonio Gates changed the way you drafted. Yeah. You t- tight ends were like kickers. Right, you just waited until somebody finally picked one up, and you're like, "All right, here goes the kicker around. Nobody grab a kicker." Um, so yeah, that that's I that I say for me because my Drew Brees, Marvin Harrison, that carried me for so long, and then uh, I put Ladane, LT, Danny Tomlinson, and Marshall Falk. There's also, you know, another one who was unbelievable for years was Sean Alexander. Yep, uh, Cincinnati. Where'd he go? Uh, Boone County. Boone County. That's what it was. Boone yeah. County native. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, everybody you just named are on the list that I wrote down as well. There you go. Oh, Brett Favre's another one. Brett Favre threw a lot of touchdowns too, and played every time. Was always in the lineup. Never had to worry about it, and would always throw a couple touchdowns. Was another one. That's true. Yep. Uh, so there's the first guy that I did not write down. Although I agree <laughs> with you on that, though. Um, I I went with first of all, Drew Brees is on my list. It's nice. Mount Rushmore. Um, well, Danny and Tomlinson is on my on okay. Then I went, I went Peyton Manning. Very well. He should be. He's probably a better fantasy. He probably averaged more fantasy points than Drew Brees, but I guarantee he was pretty dang on close. Yeah. But I never had Peyton Manning. So, sure. And I, that's totally legit. Um, I think Peyton Manning was my favorite football player pretty much the entire time he was on the Colts, pretty much. Um, I loved that they and they they kind of did similar things on offense just by I mean throwing the ball way more than anybody else right and that's why Drew Brees and Peyton Manning were so good prolific wise yeah yeah um, and then the fourth one was really tough and the guy that I chose you didn't even mention so now I'm second guessing myself here no because I already because, saw who you started and it's a great pick yeah well I. You know, I was so close. I did on... mention him, by the way. I did, did mention him. Yeah. Oh, I you talked did. about you Tom did. Brady. You did. You're right. You're right. But to say for Tom Brady, <laughs> uh, I but almost... that's what, this guy is the reason Tom Brady was such a good fantasy quarterback starting and, that year. And before he even got to New England, I think he might be the greatest wide receiver to ever play football. I'm, I mean, Jerry Rice is going to – that's going to be hard to take over sure. Jerry Rice. But when it comes to just flat-out route running, flat-out 
just God's gift to being able to catch a ball and run and do the things you do without a doubt. Randy Moss is is my last pick, and I I still struggle. I look at Calvin Johnson. Calvin I mean, was good, dude. He 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 played on horrible teams, which is why he retired so early. Yeah. But that dude was is. 6'10", 300 pounds of absolute <laughs> athletic ability. You know what the funny part of that is? Is we think of these wide receivers and we're like, like, oh my God, he's got to be 6'10 or 7 foot. That dude's huge. And he's like 6'5", 6'4", 6'5", 6'6". You know, like, that's big. the biggest, that's a hugely, that's an insanely tall, freakishly, that you shouldn't be that tall and be an athlete. And every person in the NBA is 6'10 or above now. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, mean, you've got, who's the dude for, that just got drafted by the Thunder? Uh, from Chet Holmgren, Chet Holmgren, who's seven foot something and looks like you could break him if you blew hard enough on him, yet dribbles like he's like Kevin Durant does, you know, dribbles like they're point guards almost. That's the thing. I, I think Kevin Durant did a, a favor for a lot of guys who are not built with big muscles because now you have Kevin Durant looked like a skeleton when he came into the league and he he started averaging in his second year he's averaged 28 points a game or whatever. Yep. Um so anyway, yeah, yeah, that yeah, I agree with you. And you just wait for him to get hurt and and he never did. And maybe yeah. that's the key to being one of those dudes that that's all is not put all the weight on. Although Shaq I, for yeah. some reason yeah, for some people it, it works out better because you, you see you guys all the time like they they get healthier when they lose a little bit of weight yep. or they get healthier and better when they put on a little bit more muscle and stuff like that. Um, yeah, man. I, I, I mean, I've got all these guys written down. Mike Vick and Donovan Nab, uh, yeah. uh, Antonio Brown, you know, priest Holmes was, was dude. Really- priest Holmes was another one of those guys that for four years was the best player in football. Yep. Uh, yep. Fantasy wise, fantasy wise, yeah. fantasy wise. Terrell Owens. Um, I wrote Antonio Brown down twice. That was dumb. Julio Jones. Paul oh, Julio, Julio Jones. Jones. Yeah, even to this day. Yeah, still, when he plays. Yeah. Uh. Anyway. Yeah. There it is. We I had, like it. We had two in common, and uh, that was kind of fun. That was good. So uh, I didn't watch Norm McDonald. So I apologize for the comedy segment this week. I've had two weeks to do it, and. Didn't do it, and I apologize. It is what it is. My daughter had her finger ripped off. <laughs> Literally, the tip of her finger was ripped off. I mean, the it story... didn't fall all the way off, but it was torn, hanging by flesh, I mean, a little I, flesh. I can't feel my toes right now because, I don't know, it's just like my body's reaction to feeling like yeah, uh, your toes just seeing out. the picture that I saw beforehand and the story that I got. The picture didn't do it justice oh. to when he pulled the nail, when he cut the nail out. Yeah, 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 yeah. And if I ever saw that, I, I don't know that I would recover. I watched somebody take tweezers, holding a nail and sit it on a table and then pick it up with the tweezers and place. Dude, here you go. Ready? So, you know, your cuticle, you know what your cuticle is? It's the little part at the bottom that I've always got yelled at by girlfriends for not having nice ones or something. Really? Girls have told you about your talk to you about your, you're a guy who cares? I don't do anything with cute. I, I don't know. Anyway, so so he cut back down in there so he could jam the fingernail back down inside of her finger. <laughs> and it's only the and it's useless. It's there as a splint. It's the only reason it's there. 
Okay, I'm glad she is not in pain right at this oh, very second. This very second, no. But up until you got here, she that that little girl right there, I never would have mentioned it. She said, I just want my hand back. I just want my hand back. My finger hurts. People are going to laugh at me. She's been screaming and crying about something the entire time. Uh, and then all of a sudden, I got home from trials, and she's the happiest little girl I've ever seen. Love it. Love it. Hopefully, she got through the worst of it then. I'm hoping. Now it's just healing. And she's going to get the cast off in probably six to eight months. To, uh, it's not a hard cast. It's soft. So it's just, I mean, all she has is, I mean, it ended up just being, uh, I keep saying sutras because that's what that guy kept saying while he was doing it. Stitches. I mean, he just had stitches. She's just got a bunch of stitches in her finger. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to call your, I'm going to call your daughter, Uncle Fred from now on. Sounds good. He, she got hers back though. She got her son back on. I don't I, even know if she'll ever be able to feel it. I don't have no idea how that oh, works. That's great. A few weeks ago, I was, uh, we were out somewhere. I was out, out with my, this was on uh, Father's Day, actually. We had gone, done a couple things. We talked about it on here, I think. Uh, we were driving back home from somewhere and kind of going a roundabout way. He's like, hey, Go, go through the old go through this old neighborhood that i used to he worked when he was in high school he worked at a cemetery yep in north side uncle fred had his did you guys find it i, oh, I, I got it. <laughs> no but almost because i he that hill right there is exactly where it happened i mean we're driving through the cemetery and he's like that hill right there that's, that's where, where uncle, uncle fred, fred lost his finger that's crazy yeah I'm like wow was like Graceland or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, I would have walked over there to see if I could find it. <laughs> I should have got out. It's his ring. It's his left ring finger too, isn't it? Like he can't wear a ring. I feel like yeah. he doesn't have a wedding ring. It's his left ring finger down he to like the middle right. knuckle. Does he, he wear it on his right? right? Yeah. I was. I, I feel like I remember that because I remember thinking, man, he could wear it on that. He has it up to his first knuckle. Yeah, but that first knuckle is a monster. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know if it is on him. I don't know. Uh, Anyway, or maybe the knuckle's not there and it just slide right off. The what? knuckle holds it, right? <laughs> I guess. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I mean, uh, I can I can slide this thing all around until it gets to the knuckle. Once it gets to the knuckle, it's locked. So if he's cut just below the knuckle, that thing's just sliding around. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, anyway, my uncle got half of his finger taken off in uh, in an accident in a graveyard accident. Yeah. Uh, and so, and they had a, I'm sure it had a proper burial. It probably disintegrated into the ground where all the death there goes. Yep. So perfect. Dead finger now. Worked out perfect. Yep. Um, Chris, for next week, we need a comedy special. We've got one. And Norm we McDonald. Need, We're doing Norm McDonald. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. We have Norm McDonald. We need a Mount Rushmore for next week, which is on me. And it's funny that we were talking about this. So I wrote a few things down trying to decide here. We started talking about the greatest hitters of all time. And one of my things was greatest hitters, Mount Rushmore hitters. Now, here's the other thing, though. I don't know if I want to do that because there's another one, two other things. One, especially that I'm pretty excited about. Okay. Mount Rushmore of Michael Jackson songs. Ooh, man. Four? Four Michael Jackson songs. Now, there are 150 that are really good. So you got to narrow that down. There's 150 that are really good. There's 15 that are phenomenal, unbelievable. That's what you have to. That's what you got to whittle down. 
Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to embellish. I know my, it's not a lie though. <laughs> I know what my number one is. It's, oh. it, it is actually the first 45 I ever owned. Okay. As a kid, it may be the only 45 I ever owned, to be honest, for all those kids listening, the small album, right? Just the, the, it had like two songs on each side or something. Not the, not the full album it was just the, it was, it was like the original single. Remember when the cassette came out with the single yeah. and it would have like one song on one side, one song on the back side, you know, the 45, right? The little small album. Yeah. That was what, that was my, uh, I think they were called 45s. Does that sound right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. But that very first thing I, I ever got for myself as a kid was this single. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So I'll I'll throw that. That's let's do that. Let's do let's do the Mount Rushmore of Michael Jackson. We can we can do hitters and this other one uh, later on some other time. We're doing Mount Rushmore of Michael Jackson songs for next week, and then we'll have uh, old Mister uh, God rest his soul. Old Mister God rest his soul. And then uh, that'll be it. You think Mike did that to the kids? <sighs> You guys, did you watch Neverland? I mean, we're two in two hours in now. Did you watch Never? Did you watch Neverland? I never did. Never. I, have. I still haven't. I watched parts of it, and it's pretty gruesome. It's pretty nasty. The stuff that they talk about on there, but then like you got this dude. You ever seen Aaron Carter? Who's probably not the guy that you should really be taking any like actual like. I shouldn't believe anything he says ever because oh. he looks like a total weirdo. Yeah, okay. Uh huh. Uh, but apparently when he was a kid, he'd go over there all the time. He's like, yo, dude, we just chilled, man. That's all it was. We just chilled. Like he looks like the kind he said, my mom and dad tried to sue him. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not doing anything like that. They were just going for a money grab. Mm-hmm. He's like, I was there all the time. We used to ride the four wheelers, blah, 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 blah. I bet that's a great time. Yeah. I mean, if he was, you know, there was the whole, there was the interview where he's like, you know, I put him to bed with warm milk or something like that. <laughs> it's like, okay. I mean, nobody's not saying that the dude was a weirdo. Yeah, he's a pretty weird guy. I mean, most of the most most of the uh, uh, what do you call them? The, what are they? Savants or Savants, whatever you yeah. want to call it have they that that part of their brain is so in tune that they lose a couple other little parts of their brain. You feel me? So. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe he had a little I still want autism or what's up like with that. that kid? I just want to know with his kids. Like, are they really his? I mean, I don't I don't well, blanket, you mean? Yeah, blanket and blanket and drape over the railing yeah, thing yeah, guy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that was blanket. Blanket was, was blanket? the one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and he always put stuff over the baby's faces so no one could ever see their baby what his babies looked like or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably like, pretty good looking. Cause like oh, I've seen pictures of them since since like you they you pull them up pre but my question is neither of them look anything like him they look like that woman who was their mother who is just some old big weird white woman really and, uh, yeah you don't remember yeah. all that? I don't know who their mom is yeah the biological him, mom I remember him dating. Elvis Presley's daughter. Uh, not, yeah, and then they had that weird kiss that nobody really believed. That was on the <laughs> one of the VMAs or something like that. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna look this up here. Michael Jackson's baby mama. That's gotta pull something up, right? Man, sure. There you go. Yeah, this is her right here. Here she is with her two kids right now. Oh, pull up for me, dude. That's so I thought great. You were doing a, I thought you were doing a bit. It's just a blank. No, it is. No, that's her right there. Yeah. That's her now. So then, yeah, she's just a ugly. That's her now. Yeah, I mean, I, 
they never they didn't date or anything. It's just the woman he used to have his kids. He had he, she had two kids for Michael Jackson. I mean, I mean, get a. Get, but did somebody else knock her up? Because they have not even a touch of African American in them at all. I was gonna. Say, I'm. I'm. If I ever have kids, I'm looking for a former D1 athlete just in case. So yeah. I, why wouldn't he do something like that? You know. I don't, like look at like Michael Jackson is an African American guy. Just kidding. I'm oh, sorry, I didn't. No, sorry, no, I was no. just thinking about this. And if you and a hundred percent white woman have a kid, there's usually some mixed race in there, and it, you know some I'm some of the you know that mocha skin. Sometimes well, you get that blue eye stuff. He was a at the end of his life. He he was a white lady too. <laughs> he was a white lady at the end of his life. But um, but his kids, I mean. Where's his kids at? Yeah, Paris was the one. I mean, yeah, her and then Prince. Yeah, but they're they're just like I don't get it. They don't look where's, anything where's, like him. What does blanket look like now? What is blanket? Uh, hey, <laughs> wasn't that hey. the kid's name? I think so. Hey Siri, what does blanket look like now? <laughs> Kid blanket. Shopping. For oh, blanket. Blankets. Real name. Michael the second. I'll blanket. Oh, his Michael the second is his real name. Huh? Uh, Jr. You want to know what blanket looks like? Yeah, I do. Here you go, brother. There's blanket. Some long hair looking good, dude. Oh, my. Nothing like Michael Jackson. No, not really. It's just insane to me. I had somebody else knocked that girl up and he just bought the kids. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe Umbrella Academy style. Yeah. Anybody's seen Umbrella Academy on Netflix? I don't know. Um, man, yeah, Michael Jackson was funny, but you know what? He's the subject of our Mount Rushmore for next week. There you go. Subject of it. All right, sounds good. Uh, that's all we got. It's yep, we're over two hours. It's time. What do we got next week? We've got the Norm McDonald stand up that I should have done two weeks ago, and then we have um, Michael Jackson. Mount Rushmore of Michael Jackson songs. Yeah. I love it. All right. Till then, don't forget to turn your headlights on.